warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 209. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint it, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And cool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that's the only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, four, three, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yes. Uh, we're back with a regular episode. Hey, Jake. Tell me. How you feeling? I'm good. You good? Yeah. It's been a great day. Yeah. I'm actually not doing too bad myself. Uh, we are joined by a, uh, a guest. Uh, second time on the show. First time on the show is episode 200. But we are joined by Mr. Eric Wade. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Howdy, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, like, you know, I, I don't know. You were on episode 200, but I feel like I've listened to 200 episodes of you on the Supercast. <laughs> and they're like only you on know, episode 50 something. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they haven't figured out how to, how to block me yet on Skype. So as long as that, until they figure that out, I'll just keep joining the Friday calls. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I thought I would. Yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah. They record on Friday nights. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to pull you away just for this one episode. Did you record with them this week? Yeah, we recorded Friday. Holy yep. shit. All right. Yeah. Yep. And then I'll be off next week to the many Eric Wade fans out there of the Supercast. Just so, you know what? Going to Austin Comic Con. So basically you were on the Supercast. So basically like a lot of the shit we're probably going to talk about tonight. You've already talked about. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I like. I I love Jordan. I love Joe. I love David. I love those guys. I, I I just I can't feel like I can guest on that show too much because I would just be talking about the same shit that I'm going to talk about on this show. <laughs> yeah. Nope, I get you. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I feel yeah. you there. It could be a lot of deja vu bullshit going on for you this week, right? But 
But you, you would probably feel like Rebecca Dolling because, because I mean, she's a she has to talk about everything two to three times. Yeah, as many yeah. podcasts as she's on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She was on the show last week. I almost had her on this week to talk about. Oh it. my god, she was on yeah. the show last week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, you ever see that show Orphan Black? I think it's based off her. They cloned her. And she oh, just, really? Yeah, they cloned her to just podcast. Uh, on every podcast that's out there. Um, a few of them have to not podcast, right? She's got to have a couple that just do, like, the regular things, the work, bringing in the income. Yeah. Yeah. yeah multi- almost like multiplicity. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but I love that movie, by the way. It's oh, <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. Uh, I did want to thank some new Patreon patrons. I want to thank Brian Stitcher. Brian Stitcher, his last name is, like, uh, it's based off of one of the podcast uh hosts that we have we <laughs> we actually pcl's on stitcher and uh, i also want to thank uh ryan itunes and chris tune in fm so thank you guys <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding i want to thank brian <laughs> that's a horrible I joke thank, uh, bobby iHeartRadio while we're <laughs> dropping names <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one uh billy google play thank you so much for your patreon <laughs> donation <laughs> Now I want to I want to thank Brian Stitcher, I want to thank Wise Guy Ryan, and I want to thank Chris Hahola. So thank you everybody for your Patreon patronage. Uh Jake, next week is Justice League, so the episode is going to be all Justice League. Oh man, this is the episode I've been waiting my entire life for. <laughs> it's all Justice League. We're going to be talking about DC news a little bit later and some of the early rela- reactions for that film. Uh, but first, how, I, how bad can it be? It's Josh Whedon, right? Ah, it's, it's 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 a collab. It's a collab, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more of a collab. Josh Whedon, a little bit of Josh Whedon, a little bit of Snyder, a little bit of Josh Snyder, or a little uh, <laughs> Zach Whedon. Wow, sounds like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you think they're gonna be like the bit next big like uh, director duo from going on forward? You know, it's you know you've got like the Duffer brothers, you've got you've got your Russo brothers, you've got uh, what was it, Alex Kurtzman, and who is the other one, Kurtzman and. Uh, Oh man! Oh, 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 Kurtzman, and I can't remember the other guys. Name yeah, either. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Whedon and Snyder from here on out, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, They're gonna come back strong. I think Snyder's done. I think this is Snyder's swan song, right? From for, the, for the DCEU. Yeah, I think they're gonna keep him and Deborah on as executive producers going forward, just to kind mm-hmm. of save face a little bit. But I do think that Snyder is going to be moving on to do different things. So it'll be interesting. I know he had that short film that came out. Um, I haven't seen it. Did you it. see that? No, I haven't. Have you? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's, I think it's on YouTube, right? It's available. It, it, really? Yeah. It's like it's only it's a short film. I think it's maybe thirty minutes. I don't know. Okay. So maybe maybe look. you can get it on iTunes or something. I don't know. But. Uh, Let's see here. Let's let's jump on into iTunes reviews. Speaking of iTunes, one moment. Here we go. iTunes reviews. First iTunes review is titled, I Lost My Virginity. And no, it does not come from Finn Deets Creek. 
Um, oh, thank God. Yeah. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> I know. I thought I might you know have that's to. That's not happening. <laughs> it'd be weird to have a kind of like a little Danny Tanner moment, you know, a little full house <laughs> sit down, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, it's from, it's a five star. It comes from Brady the Magician. And, uh, it's, uh, it reads, as stated in the title, this show took my podcast virginity, and I don't think I can ever listen to a different podcast without feeling like I'm cheating on the guys at Pop Culture Leftovers. This is a great show for people interested in anything that is related to pop culture. This includes Funko Pops and Hearthstone. These guys... <laughs> Fucked up, Jake. <laughs> does, he, does the review really say that? Yes, it does. It absolutely does. These are two things that we talked about before we hit record off air. Fucked up, man. Um, these guys are great. They seem like the type of guys that I want to sit back and have a beer with, even though I'm not technically old enough to drink. They're just that cool. I love these guys, and I love hearing them talk about things I'm interested in. Trust me when I say that you won't want to stop listening, and you'll come back every week to hear what Brian, Jake, and Frank have to say. P.S. I'm a magician. (laughs) So it's – What? That seems like a whole other thing. Uh, Eric, you seem a little lost. Let me let me break this down for you, Chief. Uh, <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay. His, uh, iTunes, his iTunes reviewer name was Brady the Magician. <laughs> and the iTunes review itself ends on I'm a Magician. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, Pretty the, lousy trick. <laughs> well, honestly, I don't think this guy has made his, uh, his virginity disappear, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. I can't um, <laughs> imagine why. <laughs> uh, no, actually, this guy is actually in the Leftover Army group on Facebook. This Brady. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's posted a few things in the Army. Like, yeah, so just throwing that out. Maybe, yeah, I think he made him disappear because I didn't see him. No, he's there. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. It's the magic. Thank you, Brady. Uh, would you guys, you know, he's not old enough to technically drink a beer with us. Would you buy him one? Would you buy him one, Jake? And would you like? Would you let him sip one? Yeah, yeah. I like to pay it forward. There, I had I had people buy me beer when I was underage. So as long as they, it doesn't seem shifty, I'd, I'd pay it forward. Eric, when was your f- first beer? How old? Oh shit! God, nine, nine or ten. One of the neighbors really let me drink some, and I thought, oh, it's awful. Wow. Worst thing ever. Wow! Did they touch you inappropriately, Eric? Not that I remember, Thanks. although. All right. I, I don't know. Nine or ten. Give it a nine or ten-year-old some alcohol. I didn't know. <laughs> I would have felt really bad had they done that. Then I would have <laughs> been like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was a cute little child molestation joke and, like, shit got real, you know? I like how you're mining for, for uh, repressed memories from Eric here yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> now, my first my, my first beer was actually from a neighbor too. But listen to this: they were gone. <laughs> I knew that they were gone. They like they had left town. So like I, I was friends with them, and I was 13. And uh, I, I walked into their house. I took a beer out of the fridge. I took it like behind a pine tree, and I drank it. And I was like, all right. That was disgusting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So. It was our neighbor's it was our neighbor's dad. Yeah. And it was me and his son were were best friends running around and we'd come inside and he was popping open a beer and was I'll never forget it was one of those white ones with the generic beer black lettering on the side. He yeah. cracked that open and 
here, here. I'm glad yeah, that nothing was... happened to you over at the Spacey household. That's so. good. <laughs> Not at the Spacey house, at least. So. Yeah, that was a that was an inappropriate Kevin Spacey joke. Too soon. <laughs> Whatever. I was laughing. I couldn't get to my mute button fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to have my yeah. We're gonna get the advertised content. Fuck off. Um, I wanted to have my first beer by myself, not in front of anybody else. That way, when it was like that high school, not that high school, but like that after school special moment where like, hey, do you want to try a beer? Like I didn't feel like such a fucking idiot drinking my first beer. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. That way it was like you were ready for that bitter, terrible taste and you kind of look cooler in front of the other kids. Exactly. I I had to know what it was about. You know, I did not want to like go in there into that situation, like not knowing what I was in for. So what about your first cigarette? So, uh, 13 is actually, I was actually younger. It was the same year. Um, first cigarette happened before that. And I was like a natural man. It was with this older guy named Earl and it was at the, it was, (laughs) it was at the pool and he pulled that he had a pack of Marlboro reds and we got done swimming. He's like, ah, we're sitting by a tree outside. He's like, ah, you want to smoke? Sure. I inhaled. I was like a fucking natural from the beginning. It was like it was like I, I look like Clark Gable on the screen as a thirteen year old fucking smoking a cigarette. It was just uh, it was amazing. So yeah, how about you? Yeah, it was about the same age. I think it was probably it was, my first one was not a good experience. It was like in front of a bunch of other people, and I did the hack and blah, blah. oh man, yeah. so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. Then I then I started sneaking out. My mom smoked Vantage Ultra 100, so I'd take packs of her carton and then smoke <laughs> under the deck. Are those the ones that look like pixie sticks and shit? No, yeah. no, 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 no. You're thinking of like Capri. Uh, Virginia, Capri, Slims. Virginia Slims. Oh, yeah, Virginia Slims, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Eric. No, these were no, these were just big old blue. It was a white and blue label, and I smoked those under the deck and thinking my parents will never know. <laughs> <laughs> if only I knew what the smell was like to non-smokers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, yeah. So when was your first lady of the night? I'm kidding. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see here. Um, oh, yeah, I got a question for both of you. It's, it's pop culture related before we move into some good pop, bad pop, and all that, all that good stuff. Um, would you guys, if you could, let's say... Martian Manhunter, right? The character from DC. Mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter, the character can turn into anyone. Am I right? Can like morph into like anybody. You know what I mean? Look like He's anyone. A shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the words I've been looking for. Shapeshifter. So Martian Manhunter can do this. Now let's say, let's say Martian Manhunter falls in love with you. So Martian Manhunter every night, every night can turn into somebody else and fuck your brains out. Like, I'm telling you, like, one night he can be, like, whoever you want to in your wildest dreams, okay? So you got that going for you in the relationship. But on the flip side, you got to listen for, like, at least one hour every night. You got to listen to, like, he's got – he turns into, like, the green guy and he kind of, like, cries about how you only love him 
for his uh, morphing, his his shape shifting into other people. When when all, in all actuality, that is the only reason that you're with Martian Manhunter <laughs> is so you can take advantage of that. Because like you know, that's a huge perk, right? You know, like one night, you know, one night it's Scar Joe, the next night it's Gal Gadot. You know, it's like it's all over yeah. the it's all over the place. You're just you're it, it's a different adventure in the bedroom every night. One night, you know, he's taking you to Themyscira with Wonder Woman. Next night, you know, I mean, you're going all over the place. <laughs> and he, he takes a lot of he takes a lot of improv acting. Classes. Yeah. Too, so he's, he really gets into the matter. Yeah. Yes, and he's very good at accents. It, you're just blown <laughs> away. But 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 okay. So you get that's amazing. But every night for one hour, you got to. He turns into the green guy and then just complains about how you only love him for his shape shifting. Would you guys do it? Would you do it? Oh, there is a question. I was wondering at some point. I thought there was a question. Oh, never doubt me, Mister Wade. <laughs> <laughs> would you? Would you do it? <laughs> it's just an hour of complaining in in one dose, not like sprinkled out. But I'm talking every day for the rest of your life. You got to listen to this one hour, this one, and it's not spread out over like the the day. It's not like you get 20 minutes here and 20 minutes there. No, it's one. It's one fucking constant hour. I'm to, Jake, I'm talking about you. Get off. The, you get off work, right? You're off work. You know, you you had a shit fucking day. You had a shit fucking day. And I'm not saying that you're going to get late every night either, okay? You know? I'm saying <laughs> some night Martian Manhunter might have a fucking headache for all you know, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just saying, I'm saying, <laughs> well, like, I'm just like, would you do this? You got, like, I'm talking like every day for the rest of your life, and you've had a shit day at work, and you come home, and you just want to kick your shoes off, and you don't want to listen to it. Now you got no. Martian Manhunter is completely aware of the contract that after the hour he has to shut up about it. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. This is like the world that you live in. It's one hour after that one hour. I mean, and I'm talking like I'm talking a hard sixty minutes. <laughs> after that sixty know. minutes, Eric, it's where, over. what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on the whole thing. I'm, yeah, I'm going to pass. I think I'm going to pass yeah. too. That sounds. Yeah, I, this sounds better than my last – this sounds better than my marriage. But like my past marriage, this sounds way better. I'm I'm in. I'm all in. Give me that one. Give me that one hour. <laughs> give me that one hour and then I don't know. Then we can have some like angry sex as you are, as you are Alyssa Milano. So let's do this. Anyway, that was my question. All right. Oh. We've had a lot in your brain lately. Hey, it was Shia Nechi's birthday yesterday. So let's wish Shia Nechi. A birthday, because he just sent me, I sent him a message on Skype earlier. Happy, happy, happy late birthday, and he sent me something back here. Yeah, I hope you, have a, hope you had a turnt birthday. Yeah. <laughs> turnt day, happy turnt day. Oh, man. All right, let's see here. Let's move on into, uh, <laughs> what are you giggling about? Shy? That was just a ridiculous segment, the whole, uh. <laughs> The Martian Manhunter <laughs> thing. I was still processing all of that. I'm sorry. I... No, don't apologize. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's move on into, uh, some good pop, bad pop for this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we've either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, I want you to be familiar with our rating system. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Hey, first thing we're going to talk about real quick because we never did talk about it was uh, uh, Stranger Things Season 2, Jake. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess just give your overall reaction and thoughts about it. I don't, everybody else has talked it to death. You know, give your overall thoughts and then uh, rate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, me and Michelle watched the whole thing. Uh, we actually watched the first season and the second season back to back within 24 hours. Mm. And uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was still a really great show. But it just, to me, wasn't quite as magical as the first season. I just never felt like the stakes were as big and it was never quite as tense as it was in the first season for me. And just, I don't know, I a little bit of the magic went away. And I wasn't a fan of the uh, one-shot 11 episode too much either. I uh, thought that was very weird. Yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah, if you wanna if you wanna talk wanna hear me complain more about Stranger Things too, you know where to find me on Twitter. Uh Jake, question follow up. We had our it review and you actually said it the movie is better than Stranger Things season one. Are you still sticking to that shit? No, it's like like it the like story and everything to me is a better story than Stranger Things. But like it the movie is not better than the first eight episodes of stranger things all right just checking no but now that you've added now that you add the nine more episodes of stranger things too it really it makes it difficult to tell now i uh you know what made it uh, there's uh, stranger things too what made it i I loved it so much because i i love the character of steve and that whole – the relationship with him and Dustin and the kids this season I thought was great. Oh, that was amazing. There were yeah. things that didn't work for me though. I mean I, I didn't care for like the 11 story with eight. Um, Millie Bobby Brown is, is is fine but she's not – I don't understand the huge fascination with the character. Um, she's all right. Uh, I, I love the character but not the actress I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know how to – she just doesn't really blow me away as an actress. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I thought Hopper and Joyce were kind of neutered this season yes, compared I, to the first season. Yeah, I, I wasn't like the biggest fan. I thought uh, Joyce was way better than Hopper. Hopper did nothing for me this season. Um, okay. The girl, uh, Nancy and uh, Jonathan, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them both. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. They, they've turned into the world's most uninteresting couple ever. Fuck them. When they, oh, Jesus. I didn't give a shit when they fucked each other. Spoilers. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, what'd you think, Eric? Well, I, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a, shit, fuck. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware just because I love Steve so goddamn much. <laughs> I do. I like how you bitched about it just as much as I did there. I know, but I, <laughs> Steve and Dustin, man, all the fucking way, man. That's, <laughs> it's almost to the point where Stranger Things has just made, it's made me want just a fucking, uh, spinoff of Dustin and Steve. <laughs> Yeah. See, yeah. that's to me. That's why. Why? Like, I love the Stephen Dustin stuff was fucking amazing. Yeah. But that's to me why it lost a little bit of the allure. Like, just the yeah. whole thing wasn't. The stakes were gone. I'm telling yeah. you. Let me. I, yeah. And then I don't know. And then the 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 ending with I don't know. We'll see. I'm worried about season three. I, and season three, if that thing fucking possesses another kid, I'm out. I'm done. 
I'm done. You did yeah. it. You, you, you've done it two seasons now where this thing is like made kids disappear and possessed them and made them sick and shit. You, you do it one more time. Um, and I'm worried that in the third season, this thing's going to go after 11 and that's, and she's going to be the villain. And if that's where the story goes, it's, it's the, it's the tropiest, most predictable bullshit. And the Duffer brothers have lost their magic and I'm out. So, um, yeah, I say that now I'll watch the fucking thing. I'll, I'll eat it up. I woke up at two 30 in the fucking morning to watch this shit. So, <laughs> I mean, it dropped at two 30 minutes later. I'm watching stranger things. Um, what'd you think, Wade? I loved it. I, I, it was a Tupperware for me. I thought it, I didn't think it was better than season one, but I thought yeah. it was almost as good. Um, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I can see the things that you guys didn't like, although I'll disagree. I really liked episode seven. I thought it was a nice little sidestep from the storyline. I loved the homages to the warriors. Um, I thought it drove the story forward, which was the most important thing to me is it, I, I see what they meant to tell with that. And that, that really meant a lot to me in terms of not just throwing that episode aside as, as wasted time. Yeah, so I, I, I liked it a lot. It was, it, it was just behind season one for me in terms of how much I liked it. Eric, it just felt like they, they took that episode, uh, and, Instead of it feeling like Stranger Things, it felt like this was going more of – it was turning into X-Men. And I was like, yeah. no, thank you. I, if I want to watch X-Men, I'll watch X-Men. I don't want I don't want or Stranger Things. Or The Gifted. It's very Orphan Black to me too. Orphan Black yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean keep – I love my Orphan Black. I love my X-Men, but I don't like either of them in my Stranger Things, right? No, and I get I, I get your points. I yeah. I definitely do. It just to me that episode is one of those where if you're going to go that far off script, at least in terms of what you normally do, it, it's going to be a love it or hated episode. There's not going to be a whole lot of in between, right? Uh, and I, I thought they I I thought it was kind of risky to do from that standpoint. And I liked it. It, yeah. it hit with me. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean it's all subjective, man. And I mean overall, I really loved the season um but i did have some gripes but sure yeah. so we'll see i i wanted more of the arcade loved the arcade oh god <laughs> so. that, that arcade was just that brought back so many memories oh, of I that it, i brought something i mentioned on the supercast was um the one of the scenes that i loved was when they showed up at school and they're the only ones dressed up it yeah. just it inspired <laughs> such a feeling of you know not fitting in and, and what it was like in the eighties yep. to be, you know, the closet geeks and stuff yep. or the kids that were open about it and how everyone looked at you. So yep. it, 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 that was awesome. For me. I, I remember in third grade and I look back at it now and I was like, man, the brand, that was super fucking cool. But I, I, but in the third grade when I showed up to school and I was dressed as Dr. Doom from the fantastic four and, you know, just, do you remember those like, boxes it was just like a mask a plastic mask and then like yep. some kind of like vinyl fucking suit or whatever you'd wear oh yeah and i had the dr doom one um i wanted to be a villain that year and i wanted to be dr doom so i dressed up as dr doom but when i got there like nobody was like superheroes and i i was so embarrassed of my costume and yep. you know because like you had other kids like showing up with like you know like like massive head wound Harry is like some guy has like, you know, <laughs> bullet holes and like, you know, and all this other stuff and, you know, guys, you know, dressed up like ninjas and everything else. And here I am, Dr. Doom. And I just felt 
Like that's what I wanted to be. And then when I got there, I was just kind of like ashamed of my geeky side. And so, (laughs) but I look back on it now and it was like, Brian, that's, that, that was, that's who you really were. That's who you wanted to be. And like, I remember, you know, my first day of fucking like preschool, like (laughs) preschool, like we're drawing pictures, uh, painting pictures and I'm drawing the Adam West Batman and, uh, you know, um, Bert, what was it? Bert Ward. What's his name? Yeah, Bert Ward Robin. Robin. Yeah. And so I'm I'm actually, you know, that's the kind of shit that I loved when I was a kid. And I'm painting those those guys on my first day. Back but it, it's and I, I wasn't self aware of how geeky that was at the time. And then by third grade, now I am. It's just like that's how it's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway. Yeah. All that kind of culture is so much more acceptable now, I gotta yeah. imagine for kids though. It is. It's got all these yeah. movies and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh yeah, of, it's totally different nowadays. Yeah, I uh, let's move on. Uh, I watched since it has been literally like three weeks since we've done uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. I, I've had a time. To- I've had some time to watch a lot of shit here. I'm not going to go over everything, but I'm going to go over quite a bit. I'm going to go over all the movies that I saw. The first one I saw was an anime that I saw. It was a Fathom event. And uh, dropped in theaters on October 20th. I, I caught it four days later. But it's called A Silent Voice. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. I have not. Okay. Uh, it's The story revolves around Nishimiya Shoko, a grade school student who has impaired hearing. She transfers into a new school where she is bullied by her classmates, especially Ishida Shuya. It gets to the point where she transfers to another school and as a result, Shuya is ostracized and bullied himself with no friends to speak to and no plans for the future. Years later, he sets himself on the path to redemption. Uh, it's directed by Noako Yamada. It's written by Yoshitoki Oima, and, uh, who did the manga, and the screenplay was by Raiko Yoshida. Um, this is a movie that is not based on science fiction. It's not based on uh, fantasy. It's based on humans and human emotions. Um, it's a coming-of-age story. It deals with bullying and depression, and it is deep. Uh, this movie affected me very deeply um, to the point where by the end of the film, I, I had – I'm not just saying I'm tearing up. I literally had tears streaming out of my eyes. Um, it was – because it deals with a lot of things that, like I felt like I've dealt with in my life, um, whether it be being bullied or whether it mean meant um, depression, um, or whether it meant like as a kid, um, looking at someone differently and not treating them the way you should have, um, which I have done in my life, and I I felt horrible about it now as an adult to the point where the person that I did pick on. I actually reached out to them on Facebook years later. Thank God they didn't remember it, but I told them I was deeply sorry for what I did. Um, and uh, I'm glad that I did that watching this movie because, like, if I hadn't, I it would have made me do it. Um, this th- this is a a beautiful um, and tragic story, man. And it is one of the it's the it's one of the best animes I've ever seen. It, this is the best anime I've ever seen. Um, wow! One of the wow. best. It's one of the best movies I've seen all year. Um, this this movie is fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to get into it too much. I mean, I, I think everybody needs to see this. I think this would be a great movie for 
high schools to show kids. Um, it, it really deals with like bullying and it also, I mean, it's, it's just so powerful. It deals with a character that has social anxiety because of the things that they've done. Um, a character that feels like he does not de- deserve to be seen or be friends with anybody else. And it does this really cool stylized thing as to where like when he, when, when he does make friends with somebody, when, when he sees people in the world, they all have X's on their faces and he's always looking down. And when he looks up, he, they have X's on their faces. But when he does make friends with somebody, the X peels off and that's a person in their life, in his life now. But he also gets to the point where he feels like he doesn't deserve them. And so like the X's go back on the faces. It's really, oh, oh, it's such a great movie. I highly, high, this is the highest of Tupperwares. It's called a, was it a sub or a dub, Brian? It was a dub. Okay. Awesome. Good Um, voice acting too then. Fantastic voice acting. This is, I, I, I highly recommend this. This is the highest of Tupperwares. Um, I, if there's like one, one movie, that I urge everybody to see this year. It's it's a silent voice. Um, I, I got to see it in theaters, but if you can find it uh, streaming somewhere, um, definitely watch this. This is this this movie affected me to the point where, I mean, I'm literally just <laughs> I left the mm-hmm. theater and I was I, I you start to you start to do some soul searching and like start to think about your life and. Cause, you know, there's time. I don't know about you guys, but there's times where, like, when I am happy, it's like I, I don't deserve to be happy. And I think we all deserve mm-hmm. some. Ha- I think we all deserve some happiness. It doesn't matter like what you've done. You, you've got to forgive yourself for some of the things that we've done. You know, <laughs> especially things of the past, and you got to move on. This, this movie's beautiful. Um, a silent voice. I. That's all I got to say about that. Um, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add or questions or. Oh, you made no. you definitely make me want to check it out. I, I definitely put it on my list to see now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always. It's always neat to see those like real life um, slice of life animes and yeah. like, with that hand drawn animation yeah. and what people can do with hand drawn animation and facial expressions. And uh-huh. it's just a practice that we just don't have over here. Right. It's I, really fascinating to me. Yeah, it, you're you're absolutely right, man. And I've seen some really good animes this year. I, I you know I watched Wolf Children, which has been out for a few years, but I I finally got to see Wolf Children, and Wolf Children mm. is is an amazing anime. Oh wow, this this was just on a, on, a, on another level. Um, uh, the next the next thing I want to talk about real quick is a, it's a documentary I saw on Hulu. It's called Twenty Four Hour Comic, and it takes place in Portland, Oregon. Eight artists come together to participate in Scott McCloud's 24-hour comic challenge, attempting to write, draw, and complete a 24-page comic in 24 hours. So basically you've got these – Damn. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, – let me just start off. It's a taste it. Um, it's okay. I mean I get – it's not the best documentary I've ever seen. It, it's all right. I, it's, it's only an hour and like 10 minutes or something like that. So you're not investing a – whole lot of time um the people are interesting enough it does kind of uh get into like how some of these are starving artists and artists and they talk about like unless you're working for like the big two or some of the other big companies you're not really making a living uh you know being a comic creator and uh that's interesting they have some interviews with like uh mike richardson the founder of dark horse comics um they talk to um the owner of things from another world that's where the it takes place is that comic shop in Portland, which a lot of people don't know this, but like things from another world is actually 
kind of like an affiliate affiliate of pop culture leftovers. <laughs> we do we do such a great job of that, don't we? Yeah, plugging them. Um, yeah. But if you go to our website, you can actually click on a couple um, links to things from another world, and there, it's actually a great site. You can like set up your own comic book pull list. Um, you can order figures and, and statues and, um, pay, you know, uh, trade paperbacks and, uh, omnibus and it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, it's a really cool site, but, um, I, I'm going to give this a, a taste. It, it, it was interesting. The only thing is it's like, you know, you don't get to read these comics at the end of it. So it's like, you see them do with all their artwork and, and putting everything together and, and there's really like no clear cut winner. It's just kind of. I don't know. It's it's just kind of a I, I guess a, a fun documentary. I guess in a way, just a if you if you got an hour to kill. I guess I don't know. It's all right. It does kind of suck that you don't get to see. You go through all that. You don't get to see the finished project. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're available on the internet or something. Um, I know s- some of these have been published, but you know, just a maybe not even a handful. Really, maybe one or two. So I'll give it a taste. It's called Twenty Four Hour Comic. You can watch it on Hulu. It's okay. Uh, Jake, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? Yeah, I watched uh, the Hulu original documentary called uh, Too Funny to Fail, The Life and Death of the Dana Carvey Show. Oh, um, yes. I've been wanting to see this. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Uh, Real quick synopsis. uh, It takes a fresh and irrelevant look at the successes and humorous missteps of a show that brought together an amazing slew of future comedy giants before they were household names. Uh, it features interviews with Dana Carvey, Robert Smeagol, Steve Carell, Stephen Corbert, and more. Uh, it explores the creation of the show as the brainchild of two of Saturday Night Live's most beloved alumni, the twists and turns of their brief life on air, and its legacy of one of stellar careers, lasting relationships, and an affirmation that an art risk are always worth taking. Yeah, this uh, this Hulu documentary, this was so good. It was a Tupperware right off the bat, and it was just crazy to kind of go back into that time and remember what it was like like man when dana carvey left saturday night live mm-hmm. he was like a comedy fucking rock god at that yeah. point like you know yeah. cover of rolling stone fucking everyone knew who he was like this it was just like the sky's the limit like all eyes were on him what was going to happen and he took this gig with abc to go right on primetime after home improvement which was the number one show on tv at the time and it was just Man, he just pissed off these network executives. Him and Robert Smeagol, um, who's the voice of Triumph, the, com- the comedy dog, if you don't know who Robert Smeagol is, they just really pissed the network off by doing all kinds of irrelevant comedy that was, you know, right after Home Improvement, you know, which was such family wholesome, good time TV, to what they were doing was so ahead of, like, no one had seen anything like this, you know? In this time slide, it was nuts. This this documentary was so hilarious. You can watch oh, the entire uh, run of that show too on Hulu. Yeah, they have all eight episodes, yeah. so which is really cool. I believe the eight ep- eighth episode never even aired. Oh wow! So um, and oh man, it's just wild. I didn't realize that um, Carell was involved with this. Carell actually failed two auditions for SNL. I found out, and then Carvey liked him enough to go ahead and give him a shot here. Wow. So, and just to think, like, where he is now. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, I don't, I've never even heard of Steve Carell talk about Carvey, so. Yeah, they seem to be, like, they're, like, you know, really good buddies. And, and obviously, you know, Carell and Corbert mm-hmm. are great friends. Um, 
you know, all these years, I never realized that those two were the voices of the uh, ambigu- ambiguously gay duo. That that actually started on that Carby show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that moved on to SNL after yeah. the Carby show got yeah. fired. But yeah, the, it it was so crazy. Like the the network would give them directives, and then they would do comedy sketches that were direct responses to the directives that the network was giving to them. Oh my god! Just to kind of try to piss the network off. So it was like a really like promote you know a really bad relationship yeah that they had with the network while they were doing this so it was these shows that get canceled that that are ahead of their time like we saw this happen with the ben stiller show back in 92 93 you know i mean exactly and that show that that that, you're talking about a ben stiller show the comedy sketch comedy show that starred ben stiller andy dick bob odenkirk and janine garofalo i mean all of them i mean whether you like them or not, have put their mark on comedy and, and the names are known. And it's like that show won an Emmy and still got canceled. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, I think, I, I mean, had this show like this kind of, these kind of jokes would have played 10 years later. Yeah. I just think it was even, they probably would have even played then. It was just the time slot and what following the, yeah. improvement and, just the whole thing was just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then they kind of embraced it and made it worse a little bit by uh, not really agreeing to bend to anything, you know? Yeah. Remember when Friday was like a night for TV, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. TGIF. TGIF, yeah. It ain't shit anymore. Like, nobody wants, like, a Friday night slot. That's what, that's why they fucking give us Inhumans and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on that night. Yeah, it's the death spot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is definitely a Tupperware. I, I highly recommend it. If you don't have Hulu, it's worth a free month to check this and a few other things out. Oh, man. I, you know what I'm ready for on Hulu is Future Man. What's Future Man? Future, yeah, I haven't heard of that. Uh, Future Man is uh, – what's the, the the kid that plays uh, PETA in the uh, Hunger Games? And it's got uh, – what's her name? Eliza oh, man. Trying Eliza to Dushku? No, not Eliza Dushku. Um she was – this lady was in that show Happy Endings and then she had her own show on USA for a while. She was on season two of Casual and I can't remember her name and I love her. Um, but it's uh, – the guy that plays PETA in the Hunger Games films, it, it's it's a show – Seth Rogen was trying to get a reboot made of The Last Starfighter and that he couldn't get it – he couldn't get it done. And so he took – Basically, this is the effort that he put into that, but in a different property, in a new IP. It's called Future Man, and it's about this kind of like slacker janitor who is the best at this video game. And so like (laughs) these people from the future, from another universe or something, come and they visit him and they say like he's like the only hope that they have to defeat whoever the big bad villain is. And so – um, I guess he goes into the future or something to stop something, but it, it's hilarious and it's very you know self playing the lead. What's that? Josh Hutcherson and Eliza Coop. Eliza Coop. Thank you. But, um, it, it looks hilarious. It comes out on the 14th on Hulu. It's called Future Man and it's from Seth Rogen. And I think another big name in comedy is involved, but it looks, it looks very promising. So Ed Bigley Jr. is in it too. Yeah. I love him. Oh, He's really? Great. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward so to the that, future, man. Yeah, this does look good. It looks like all the episodes are going to come at once. Yep, they're all dropping on is, the same day. 
So that's very unlike Hulu. So that's that's nice. Hulu is weird like that. They'll do some of their shows like that, and some other others they'll drop week to week, like Casuals week to week, and uh, Handmaid's Tales the same way. Handmaids, yeah, week to week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their big events seem to be big week to week things. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about real quick. I want to talk about um, a couple more movies that I saw. I went to the theater on Thursday and saw Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, it's the Agatha Christie novel. Um, it's, this is, uh, it's a lavish train ride, tra- lavish train ride unfolds into a stylish and suspense, suspenseful mystery from the novel by Agatha Christie. Murder on the Orient Express tells of 13 stranded strangers and one man's race to solve the puzzle before the murderer strikes again. It's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, it's written by Michael Green, um, and, uh, of course, based upon the book by Agatha Christie. Stars, I mean, you know, huge ensemble mm-hmm. cast here. Kenneth Branagh, uh, Daisy Ridley, Josh Gad, Michelle Pfeiffer, Johnny Depp, Penelope, Penelope Cruz, Judy Dench, Willem Dafoe. Um, I, this, this movie's beautiful. I, I love, I'm weird. I, I think trains are awesome. I, do, I think it's just mm-hmm. a cool form of transportation. And, I think like these old trains are just amazing. Like just they're, they're beautiful on the inside. So I, I love just looking at like, you know, these classic engines and, and carts and, and, um, I, I just, I, it's amazing just the stories that can be told on the train. I love murder mysteries too. Uh, I've always been a big fan of murder mysteries. I've actually gone to like a murder mystery dinner once where you, you know, you, you, People are in character, and they go for eat to each table, and you get to ask them questions about the murder. And by the end of it, like you write down who you thought was the killer, and you find out. It's yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I did it. They had they had one in Springfield a few years ago, and and I think they still put them on. But I, ha- I you know I love this kind of shit. So when I'm watching this movie, I'm kind of like, you know, who's the killer? Who's the killer? And I the first hour, I thought, oh, well, first forty five minutes had great pacing, great pacing. Um, and then it kind of dragged a little bit and then picked up again at the end. I'm going to give it a taste it. I, I thought some of the performances were lacking. Um, I, I don't know. Josh Gad really didn't do anything for me. Michelle Pfeiffer was good. Um, Johnny Depp was surprisingly decent in this. I mean, I, he, (laughs) he was playing a scumbag and he played the scumbag very well. Um, I thought he did quite well i don't like johnny depp as a person per se but i feel like johnny depp did a good job in this movie uh willem dafoe uh almost uh, i know I, w- I would have spoiled something if i would have said that so i'm gonna stay away from spoilers I-, I thought it was i thought it was cool i thought um I- i'm gonna give it a taste that it. it just wasn't i think i i don't think this is a great theater experience i think that this is a better one for a night at home if you want to just curl up on the couch uh, and sit back and watch this one. I think it's a better experience at home. I because I, it- I I feel like the pacing in this one wasn't perfect. There were times where I was like, "All right, come on, let's move it along. Let's move it along." If I was at home, I could pause, get up, do some things, and I just wh- go ahead, Jake. What was your question? I was. Is it just me, or does it almost feel like the studio itself didn't have much faith in this movie either? They, I feel like they kind of just gave up on really spending much money on promoting this movie. 
Like that, a movie of this caliber yeah. with this kind of ensemble, you would have thought would have had a little bit more of a vicious advertising campaign. Yeah, and I feel like that was completely absent from this film. Unless you were going to the theaters, you're not gonna. You didn't see a lot of promotion on TV because, like, I, I I literally saw this before a lot of movies when I would go to see them. Um, but at home, I wasn't seeing a lot. To be quite honest with you, I think you're right there, Jake. Yeah, it just felt very under the radars, and I, I yeah. feel like the studio may have known that it wasn't really, you know, that it was a fine enough movie, yeah. but nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's competing against Thor the week after, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, taste it, it's a taste it. So, um, I want to talk about another movie that I actually just got to see today. I watched it just a few hours ago, uh, the Florida Project. Um, it's, uh, set over one summer. The film follows precocious six-year-old Mooney as she courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, all while living in the shadows of Disney World. Uh, hmm. this movie is not a PG movie, people. This is rated R, okay? Um, it's directed by Sean Baker. It's written by Sean Baker. Sean Baker is a new up and coming director. He directed the film Tangerine, which is one of those movies for like the last two years. I've been telling myself I'm going to watch it and I haven't, I'm going to track it down and watch it. I have to, after, after watching this film, the whole movie Tangerine was shot and filmed on three iPhone five S's. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing about that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this film stars Brooklyn Prince. Uh, she plays the little girl Mooney. Uh, it also stars Bria Veneti. She plays the mother, uh, Hallie. And Willem Dafoe is in this film. He plays the manager at this rundown hotel called the Magic Castle. Um, they, they name it the Magic Castle. And some, <laughs> some of these, they named these, these, these really cheap motels after like what you might think would be like, a hotel that uh, Disney would have. So, like, this one's called the Magic Castle, and, like, there's a couple in the movie that thought that they were staying at the Magic Kingdom Hotel. And oh, yeah. His buddy accidentally, accidentally booked uh, their honeymoon at the Magic Castle. So, it's to trick vacationers. It's really fucked up. But, um, the actress... I, let me first off and say this. This movie's a Tupperware. It's... Oh, my God. It is... It is, it's phenomenal, but it shows, it's a slice of life, but it shows some really despicable things in it. I, I, I'll get into it a little bit, but I want to talk about the actress that plays Bria Venetti, uh, the, the, the actress Bria Venetti that plays Hallie in this film. Her, this is her first fucking movie, and She'd done nothing else before this. She's, she's like an, she's Instagram famous. She's got like all these tattoos on her body. She dyes her hair like blue and, and neon purple and neon, uh, orange and all this stuff. And she's just Instagram famous. The director, Sean Baker reached, I re, I read this article from Vogue because like, I thought she looked familiar. So I was like doing some research on it. She was not familiar at all. I, I thought maybe she was like a child actress that grew up and, the director, Sean Baker, like DM'd her on Instagram and said, hey, would you like to audition for my film? I was like, That's how she got her start. And she's fantastic. She is a natural, wow. 24 years old, and she plays like this. It's crazy. She plays a young mother taking care of her daughter in this 
um, you know, $38 a night motel. And they just live there at this motel. And you start off the movie with like these three kids playing outside and just running the streets. And I'm like, what year is this set in? Cause like, is this set in the eighties where like kids were just out running around doing their own thing? No, it's like set in 2017. It's just, you find out like this mother is very negligent and she's a kid herself. And these kids are out there doing their own thing and not being raised by good parents. And they're, they're bored. They're spitting on cars, getting in trouble. Like they get caught by this woman spitting on a car. And like, you got a six year old girl telling this woman, like, uh, you know, shut up, bitch, and all this stuff. You're just, I'm just like, whoa, 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 where is she learning this from? And then you meet the mom. And you're like, oh, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> it's, if you have like, like, I don't know, short, how do I say, um, like a short attention span, this movie is made for you because it just keeps moving. Like there is, there's, there's no point in this movie where I was like tempted to like, you know, look at my phone, check the time, um, anything. I'm just like, I'm just invested. It's just like shot for shot for shot. You're just, it's the, the movie keeps moving and it's, <sighs> Willem Dafoe is amazing. He plays the manager at this rundown hotel and he, kind of cares for these people like a lot of these people are just they're in poverty and they don't have a lot of money and these kids aren't being watched by their parents some of them and he looks out for them there's a scene where a a man who's clearly a pedophile comes up to the children and Willem Dafoe takes care of it you got this is a fantastic film and it's like it's so wild because it takes place like right outside of like the most magical place on earth, Disney World. And here you have a mother who's who just got fired from being a stripper and so she's selling knockoff cologne with her daughter on the streets to tourists and then also, you know, uh puts up kind of like a Craigslist ad and solicits her body to men in her room and then steals from them when they're in the room while her daughter's taking a bath. Um She's not like abusive to her daughter as far as like hitting her, and she does love her daughter. It's just like she just doesn't she doesn't know how to live. This movie is it's it's almost it's so well acted by the little girl. The little girl is so amazing in this film. And I was thinking to myself, like, is this girl such a good actress because she's just a kid being a kid? Like she's not self-aware that she's acting. And then like Come to find out, you do enough research. No, this girl's a literal, like, she's a legit actress. And I'm blown away by this movie. Um, I am blown. You think it, she'll get attention, like, uh, Oscar attention for this or anything? I don't, I don't, I don't think the little girl will. I, I think Jacob, Trem- if Jacob Tremblay didn't get any, I don't think this little girl will for this film. Right. Jacob Tremblay, who did Room with Brie Larson, didn't get any Oscar attention. And I don't think that this little girl will either. I, should she? Absolutely. Fantastic performance. Same thing with this, this Bria Vanetti, this, this Instagram star. First movie ever. And like, she's a natural. Just, I, I was blown away by this movie. It, it, and it's just, it's a part of, of life that we don't get to see, really. You know, like, I remember when I was younger, I hung out with a kid that was kind of like in this situation. Like, he lived with his uncle. And lived in a trailer and his uncle was gone all the time. And when I went to hang out with this guy, with this kid, we did whatever the fuck we wanted to. When we'd go into the trailer, that's where I watched my first porn was with this guy, you know? We'd, uh, we'd smoke cigarettes and then 
I was 12 years old watching a porno and I, like no parents around, no adults. We were just fucking around doing shit. And like, that's how this kid lived. And like that, it reminded me of that. And like this, this movie, it's, it's tragic and beautiful. There are, there, there's horrible, you're, you're thinking like, what a horrible parent. But then there's like, there's these moments where like she does connect with her daughter and, and these kids are connecting. And there's like a moment where like this kid who, is so unruly and the, the mother who acts so petulant and acts like a child herself. But there's like moments where like that, that comes down and you get to see them for who they are and how scared they are in this world. And it, it, I highly recommend the Florida project. It's, I don't think a lot of parents are going to be able to handle this movie because they're going to be able to see they're They're, they're watching yeah. kids do these things. And I think, but I, I think for anybody, if you don't have kids, I think you, you, I think you'll be able to handle this and you'll get to see this movie for what it really is. And I think this, this Sean Baker is a fantastic director and a great writer. And I can't wait to see what other things, you know, he's going to put together. I, I Tupperware all the way. This is really good. So. Yeah, that's crazy. It sounds like he has a lot of really ingenious ideas. Like I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Uh, they filmed actually in, inside Disney world for some of the scenes and they didn't get approval from the park. So he had to film those on iPhones again. <laughs> And it, unbeknownst to Disney, like they had no idea. So the movie's released now, and of course Disney Disney knows now. Um, but uh, yeah, I read that on IMDb, and I was just blown away by by this film. So yeah, definitely watch the Florida Project. Willem Dafoe gets lost in this character. He actually showed up like a week before filming to this motel to just kind of get a feeling of like how the people were there. Um, really got into this character and I think did a great job. So I, everybody's performance in this was just fantastic. So, uh, Eric, what do you got, man? Uh, I haven't heard you guys talk, talk about it. I don't think, are, are either of you watching Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? No. Um, no, no, I want to. I too. love the source material and Mac, Max Landis is known for some good stuff. Yeah, it, it's really good. That's, uh, they're in the middle of season two right now and, um, season one was pretty good, especially it tied up nicely at the end. They did a good job. And then uh, season two is really starting to pick up as well. So highly enjoying that. I, I'd give it probably, yeah, I'd Tupperware it so far. It's It's been really, really good. So that's one to put on your watch list if you get some time. Nice, nice. I know that the first season's on Netflix, right? I don't know. I watched it mm. as it came out. Um but Elijah Wood and Samuel Barnett, they're, they're, they're great in their parts. Uh, Hannah Marks is awesome in it. So it's just, it's really well done. Really well done. Cool. Yeah. Douglas Adams wrote the books. It's the same guy that did the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Yeah. Oh, source yeah. material. And it's just kind of got that whole feeling to it. They've done a really good job of giving it that Douglas Adams kind of feel. So, uh, yeah, definitely re- recommend checking that out. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I'm actually recording season two. I think season one is streaming somewhere, either on Hulu or Netflix. So hopefully I'll get caught up on that. There's just so much shit I'm watching right now, dude. I know. I know. So I, much I, shit. I, I, there's, and I know you guys aren't watching it, but I've had to start drop like Arrow. I'm done with Arrow. Yeah. I've had to drop a bunch of shows because I've just got 
too many good shows, especially this time of year. Right. I, you know, I watched The Blacklist. The Backlist is out and doing good. Blind Spots back. That's in addition to all the CW shows. The Orville is one. I know that you love that, Brian, yes. as much as I do. Yes. I, I swear it gets better every episode. It does. It. Do. I. Uh, it, I wanted to tell everybody. Uh, you know, I, I gave it a, a, on the episode. I initially gave it a taste. It. This has turned around. Uh, it's it's a Tupperware. The Orville is fantastic. Yeah. I've dropped off of uh, Star Trek Discovery. And, yeah, I have too. That's yeah. another one I dropped from my rotation. I just yeah, it was it it was not catching me. It's probably a fine show, but I just can't get over. It's not my Star Trek, and I can't separate the two. The Orville uh, is the Orville is more Star Trek than yep. Star Trek Discovery. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, and I hadn't watched it for like the first five episodes. Yeah. It was Joe Vitale that told me that. He's like, you have to watch this. Yeah. It is. And he said that it's more Star Trek than Star Trek. And I watched it, and sure enough, and this last episode mm. uh, with I, the... Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you'll love it. Okay. Just wait till that episode, Brian. Yeah. Just wait till that episode. episode. I think every episode they've gotten better and better with their writing. Their joke telling is getting tighter and tighter. <laughs> They're having less and less misses. And it's it's really becoming one of my favorite shows on TV very quickly. I love one of my favorite episodes was uh, it felt like a like a Star Trek meets Black Mirror. It was the uh, the the upvoting and downvoting world that yes, they went to. Absolutely. I, oh, yep. so good. Yeah, it was a great. It, well, they're doing they're doing what Star Trek has always done. Yeah, they're taking contemporary moral and ethical stories and things that are going on and changing them to fit into their narrative in a different way. I always think back to you know the the one of the first ones I saw ever do that was the original Star Trek with the half black, half white. And they, they're like, the two sides hate each other, and the difference is, is one's left half is black and one's right half is black. It just flipped. They're mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what, that's what the Orville is, is doing very well right yeah. now, and, and they're, they're nailing it for me. It's, it's so good. I, I, I've, I, I don't know, man. I became obsessed with the show. Like, I, I, I this is so fucked up, and like, Matt Kirby's gonna hate me for this. I know he likes both of these shows that I'm, he loves the Orville, but Matt Matt Kirby loves Mindhunter on um, Netflix. I stopped watching. I, I'm going to get back to it. I love Mindhunter, but I, I stopped after episode five on Mindhunter so I could finish the Orville. Nice. Like, that's how fucking. Nice. That's. I became obsessed with the Orville. I. It, it just. It makes you feel good when you watch it. Like it, it takes you back to like when you're watching old Star Trek. It's so good. It's, it's really good. I, it's really good. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, before we take a break here is I wanted to talk about it's a new – speaking of CBS All Access and Star Trek Discovery, this is a uh, new CBS All Access exclusive show. It's called No Activity. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. Uh, no. It just dropped on the 12th and it's from executive producers uh, and, and the guys behind Funny or Die, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Um, Adam McKay is going to be the Nightwing director of all people. Uh, but it stars, uh, SNL alumni, the ladies man himself, Tim Meadows. Uh, awesome. It also stars Patrick Brommel. Uh, it's a CBS All Access exclusive. And I was like, okay, uh, this dropped on the 12th. It's a comedy, of course, with those guys. Let me check it out. It's set against the world of a major drug cartel bust. 
The series follows two low-level cops who have spent far too much time in a car together, two criminals who are largely kept in the dark, two dispatch workers who haven't really clicked, and two Mexican tunnelers who are in way too small a space considering they've only just met. Um, I Oh, my God. This show has a lot of potential to be really good. It felt like it was like a Comedy Central kind of show. Um, but it's on CBS All Access. Uh, not only does it star like Tim Meadows and Patrick Brammel, but in this first episode, we also had Jason Mansukas from The League and Big Mouth. And it had Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad and Friday Night Lights in it as well. Uh, as well as Bob Odenkirk. So that's just the first fucking episode. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great cast. And I'm laughing my ass off. Uh, Jason Mansukas and Jesse Plemons are hilarious in this episode. They play a couple of, uh, they're, they're a couple criminals and, uh, it's, there's not a lot of action in it. It's just conversation and the conversations are just hilarious. And it, a lot of it feels like kind of like improv, like right then and there. It is, this show has a, some great potential. Um, Tim Meadows had me fucking cracking up in this. His delivery is great. Um, I, I I'm not sure if this is the cast that we're going to get every episode is like this, these people because like imdb when i looked it up and it it, it had all the actors but it said unknown episodes for like jason mansukas and jesse plemons and and um bob odenkirk so i I just laughed out loud at like the stupidity of these characters and some of the things that they were saying and their their storytelling it's i guys you got to watch the you got to watch the pilot just watch the pilot and if you like it this has some potential if you if you're if you're subscribing to CBS All Access and you want to have like a reason other than Star Trek Discovery that you're subscribing this might be that show uh and of course we know that Twilight Zone we're going to get that sometime next year I think the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone on CBS All Access but future episodes of this uh I know that they're getting Will Ferrell for some episodes Jake Johnson from New Girl who I love him and then hmm. J.K. Simmons looks like he's going to be in the next episode. So, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's called No Activity, and it's from you know Will Ferrell, uh, Adam McKay, the Funnier Die guys. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. I really, really enjoyed this. This has the potential to be like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite comedies on right now. It. I don't know. I love Jason Mansukas, and this is there's some there was some funny shit in this first episode. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. Yeah, that sounds good. Just one a week then on the old CBS All Access. So. Yeah, yeah. Episodes come out on – yeah, it came out today. The 12th, yeah. Yeah, today's the 12th. It came out fucking today. So like every Sunday it's going to come out with a new episode. So, yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, take a break and we'll come back with some news. All right. Hey, we are back, and it is time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. 
All right, I wasn't sure where to bring this up this week since it's both Marvel and Star Wars news, so we're going to bring it up in news. Fuck it. All right, so this news, yeah, it comes from Variety. Uh, Disney is planning a live-action Star Wars TV series to air on its entertainment streaming services that is expected to launch by the end of 2019. Disney chairman CEO Bob Iger announced the Star Wars news during the company's quarterly earnings call. In addition to the Star Wars TV series, uh, Disney is working on TV series adapting uh, adaptations of Pixar's Monsters, Inc., the Disney's uh, the Disney Channel's High School Musical franchise and an original entry from Marvel. Uh, when it comes to the T- Disney streaming service, Iger said Disney would produce four to five original movies a year for the service. In addition to the original TV series, Iger said it would not have traditional advertising in the form of commercials. Sponsorship opportunities may be available, however. Um, guys, uh, wow. We knew that this was probably bound to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So what are, what are your thoughts? Uh, Jake, Eric, what are your thoughts on this, on this news? Marvel and star Wars TV shows on this Disney streaming service. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely excited. It's definitely what they want to do to make this an easy sell to, everyone right from the bat is to launch with these big properties that they have the exclusive rights to as far as like what do i think about the content we're gonna get i mean man the the sky's kind of the limit i mean i guess that's the big question right i mean with the marvel stuff you you hope it's something that's good right you know more along the lines of the netflix stuff and less along the lines of the abc stuff but i mean with the star wars stuff we've never had any star wars television show so I mean, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with that? If they're going to go the Knights of the Old Republic route or if it's going to be something that's going to be like a companion series to what's going on right now. All right. So no no new Netflix Marvel series. Like the Punisher is it, right? Everything else Marvel coming out going forward is going to show up on this Disney streaming service. Does I think it goes a little bit further than The Punisher, right? I think it goes up until the end of 2018. I, I'm pretty sure we're still going to get like an Iron Fist season no, two. No, 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 no. I'm saying no new characters is what I'm saying. No new properties. Oh, okay. oh okay. okay. Yes. I'm yes, not yes, – I'm, yes, so oh, basically I'm saying like we're not getting like Blade. We're not getting Moon Knight. Uh, these things are not happening on the on the, on the Netflix service. Yeah, yeah, most likely not. And if they do, it's only going to serve to fuel that they're going to be on the Disney service. So, <laughs> I, I don't think Netflix is going to be working any deals with Marvel to promote them at this point. No, but I mean, they may not be able to uh, stop it if if Marvel's just going to straight up move Daredevil from Netflix to um, the Disney streaming service. They could just very well introduce new characters and seasons that are going to be air on Netflix before they show up on Disney. Like, right? Is Netflix going to say no? I mean, it's not going to be advertised that way until we know the show exists. Like, hypothetically, let's say Blade has an appearance in Daredevil season three. No, I, 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 later, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm saying no new character shows. Is uh, that's all I'm saying, Jake? I'm not talking about okay character introductions. They could introduce whoever they want to 
into any of these shows. I mean, we of course we're going to get new characters and and, and new villains and, and and things like that. I, I I'm saying we're not going to get announcement of a of a Moon Knight show on Netflix. No, yeah, I I, I completely agree. And I'm I'm leaning more now to the fact that we're probably going to see Marvel, Disney pull. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Punisher probably pull them all over to their streaming service. I, I don't know. Even though those shows are listed as Netflix originals, I, I don't see them staying on the service now. Yeah, it's that's a, that's a weird part of the whole thing. Like, honestly, you get moving forward that the property would be owned by Disney. But yeah, that stuff is clearly branded as Netflix originals. Are are they going to be able to show like season one of Daredevil on the new Disney streaming service? That's that's yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, mm. it's a good question, Eric. What what do you think? Like, what what are your thoughts on the news itself? Are you excited for one or both of these? Or- you know, I I can't say I'm excited or not yet. I'm kind of middle of the road still because. It all hinges to me on who they get to, to work on these properties, mm-hmm. you know? I, I mean, I, I will tell you that in general, I was excited when there were the, you know, not real rumors of a street-level Star Wars show on Netflix or, um, you know, the, the the idea of Moon Knight, Blade, possibly Ghost Rider, some of, the, some of those others having shows. That really was interesting to me, especially Moon Knight. I would love to see Moon Knight um, done, on, done, that, done that way. Um, if they get that kind of talent and if they push the envelope like Netflix is, does from time to time, uh, they're probably not as consistent as we would like, but mm. they, they do, do it on occasion. So th- then absolutely, I, I, I'm all for it. If if they're just going to go like Disney XD level kind of stuff, and don't get me wrong, I love I, – I do lo- – I love um, – Rebels. Uh, yeah. Rebels, yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, I, I love I, I do love rebels, but you know if they're yeah. not going to push the envelope, what's the point? And right. you got to think they will only because you know they're going to have to draw people in, just like CBS All Access is trying to do. So but wh- I, we'll see. We'll it, see. It, I think uh, my big question is for with with Netflix purchasing uh, Miller World. You know, do, do if if I'm Netflix and you know they they're still locked into like mm. a an Iron Fist too, but even if you can do something, do you want to do it on a Disney property as opposed to the property you own now? You know, why put that money into developing something for someone else? Yeah, you're going to lose subscribe. They're trying to hold on to subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that's the thing. It's like, you know, a lot more people know this Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist stuff than they do anything that's going to come out of like, you know, Miller World. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think wasn't it, it's like literally just today that Mark Miller is teasing big things for Miller World and Netflix with with Kickass. I think I didn't get to read the article because we just started recording. But like, are we going to get like a Kickass TV show on on Netflix? Is that happening? 
you, you it seems like that's think, what he's hinting at. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to think that they're going to have to act fairly quickly with that. But, yeah. you know, because if they're good, if, I mean, would you say it's t- through 2018? So, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to start getting some of that content out or yeah. ready and you want to hit end of 2018, beginning of 2019, while you still they, they have gotta get while you still have those subscribers that are waiting for Punisher. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. You want to get it out before they're gone because ideally at the same time that they're watching Punisher season two or whatever we have or Iron Fist season two, hopefully you find a way to get something out that's going to hook them and keep them. Right, right. Yeah. And what what, what better way than to announce a kick-ass TV (laughs) show? Right. Right. I'm I'm saying like people are familiar with kick-ass. Like that's where you need to start, right? So, I mean, we, we, we see these streaming services scrambling for these comic properties We've seen what? What have we seen? Like uh, uh, Amazon has like made a deal with Kirkman, Robert Kirkman. Like all future, oh, yeah, all future Kirkman stuff is not going to go to AMC. Actually, Kirkman's kind of upset with AMC, and like you know, like he had the Outcast show on uh, Cinemax, and like, but all future, all future Kirkman properties are going to be on Amazon. You know, and like uh, even Sci-Fi Channel is doing like you know the Grant Morrison Happy with uh, you know uh, Christopher Maloney, and uh, they're also doing Rick Remender's Deadly Class coming out soon. It's all these different. Everybody's scrambling for like the next big comic property, and a lot of them are. I, I see Sci-Fi possibly trying to even like get themselves into the streaming service now. So I this is this is crazy news. I just my, going back to like this particular news star wars and marvel uh moving to disney and all this stuff the live action star wars how is a live action star wars gonna look on on a disney on a, on a tv service on a disney streaming service how you know, I, I mean we're used to these movies that have like 150 to 200 million dollar budget and i mean even star trek discovery with its eight million dollar an episode budget which looks pretty i mean they're gonna have to match that or even go higher for Star Wars, if you're asking me, unless they're just gonna, it's just gonna be like, I don't know. Yeah, it needs to be like Game of Thrones, where they just dump the freaking money into it. Right. It's just not gonna feel like Star Wars. Right. right. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Jake. What do you? It, it's it's got. They got to put money into Star Wars. Or are, are, are are they just gonna go cheap on this? Like, I don't want to see like a show that's just <laughs> that's just based on my Moss Eisley. You know what I mean? Like one location. Like <laughs> if, when I think Star Wars, I think of space battles, and I think of you know, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like I, planet I, I jumping. I get what you're saying, yeah. but I think if you move to the small screen, keep in mind, I always think back to the the dirt and the grime of of. <clears throat> I, I, I thought I thought Rogue One pulled it off very well. What they did in A New Hope in terms of an old, rundown, dirty looking, um, you know, area, and and I think you can get away with some street level stuff if you. It all comes down to good writing. If you give us good writing, yeah, you know, you can get away with less of a budget. But I need good. Hey, Eric, I need good music, and I need, I need, I need, yeah. I need, mm, I need. That's I, a great point. I need good yes. music, and I need, I need classic Star Wars screen wipes. Okay, <laughs> I, I that that makes that part st- will be easy. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm saying, are they going to do that in a TV show? Is it going to feel like Star Wars, or is it going to feel just like okay? I don't want it to feel like, and I loved Defiance on Sci-Fi. I just don't want it to feel like Defiance. Sure, I, I, you'll get your wipes, Brian. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna get my. All right, oh, fuck you, Wade. 
No, no, man. I, 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 I yeah. I, I, don't, I, get, I get what you're saying. I, really, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. They, they have to put enough money into this to, to, to. It's not going to be cheap. Um, I, 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 I mean, totally think about, think about the practical effects that we saw in The Force Awakens. Think about, like, you know, I want it to look like these aliens have been made by, like, you know, the Henson company you know that's what i want oh, yeah i want yeah. you know and i i want a lot of aliens i don't want i i don't want this to just feel cheap they gotta put the budget into this man yeah i agree i agree it, it can't look like defiance it can't look like a what? sci-fi channel yeah. television series show yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gotta look like star wars i would say this though i i am pretty confident that they will do that because if you look at what they're doing with Solo, a Star Wars story, that's about Han Solo. If you guys didn't know that, I thought I'd. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Like right. 95, 96%, sure. But if you look at what they're doing with going back to the drawing board and basically reshooting the entire movie with Ron Howard for the most part, and then they said, what, they doubled the budget from 245 million to 490, 500 million? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they take great love and care of this Star Wars property because they know that it's, it's the breadwinner. And you, and if it's, if you're going, you, you don't want to do anything to take Star Wars's quality off the tracks because it, it, you know what it's good. You know, every movie you come out with is going to be a billion dollar movie. You just, so if you're going to do that, yeah, they're, they, I mean, if you look at the quality of everything from, uh, you know, the, 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 the Clone Wars to Star Wars Rebels, they put a lot of love and care into this. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, I think they can pull it off on the small screen. All right. Okay. Now, what do you want, what do you want it to, what do you guys want it to be? If you, like, I don't, I don't know if any of us are going to be right in our predictions, but like, what would you want this series to be or focus on? Uh, and if you don't have that, like, just t- just tell me what you want from it. I want to I want to know more about bounty hunters and that and what's going on with yeah. that. To be honest with you, like I want to see bounty hunters picking up hits on the freaking bulletin board, and maybe like you know different three to four episode series on different bounty hunters and tie it all together later on. And I don't know. I just want to learn more about that type of stuff. I less focused on the Jedi and the force and all that in the empire and that kind of stuff. Like I wanted to be there and in the backdrop, but I, I want to see like other people's ways of life in this universe. Like, I don't, I don't know. I want to, you know, I think, yeah. oh, I'm no, sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Wade. Well, what I was going to say was, is it my, if, if I'm the one sitting down and, and writing out my outline and pe- outline and penning this, um, I think what I would want to see something along the lines of not just like one ten or twelve episode arc, but maybe something along so the line of trilogies of it, like do three different stories in a nine episode season. Something along the lines of mixing it up with say a little bit of bounty hunters or something like that. I, I would love to see to take different slices of the star Wars universe and attack it in some really tight stories and then carry them over down the road. Okay. Like an anthology or. Yeah. I, I, you know, I almost think along the lines of some of the 
some of the British television that comes out, like shows like Luther and stuff that come out in their, their three or four episode seasons. Oh, Sherlock. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Those kinds of things. I'd love to see something, do something like that and do a couple different of them in the same season. So you got like two or three different ones, ones to take on bounty hunters, ones, you know, a tattooing centric story, something along those lines. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I really love I love that idea. And uh, Jake, I love your idea of bounty hunters. I think that that's a kind of like kind of like an untapped thing that they could explore. Because like you know, a lot of people ask like you know why is Boba Fett so cool? And like you know, I've kind of struggled with that. But I think it all goes back to like his first introduction when Vader points at him and he says no disintegrations. Like you're think like. <laughs> Uh, why did Vader, out of all the bounty hunters that are lined up here, why did Vader point to that guy? And what's the deal with no disintegrations? Like, why, what, 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 where's that coming from? So there's like a level of respect, uh, between yeah, the Vader. cool ship helps yeah. too. Yeah, the cool ship helps. Oh yeah. But I mean, there, there's, is, there is kind of like that question of like, you know, you, you do kind of want to see bounty hunters in this universe. Um, there is something super cool about them, you know, and, can, I, I mean, I can you guys imagine like an Edgar Wright directed television show with bounty hunters? It'd be <laughs> Star Wars. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I love what you're saying, Eric, about uh, very tight stories and very short seasons like that to where, you know, it's not drug out. Now, do you think that do you think that that uh, how, how are they going to do this? Are they going to go the Netflix route or, you know, are they going to drop all these episodes on one day or will the Disney streaming service spread it out kind of like w- with Hulu or like Amazon Prime or like one of these net, like one of these streaming services where like the things come out week to week? Man, I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I think it doesn't feel like Star Wars if they just drop it all out in one big chunk. I feel like a little bit of Star Wars is anticipation. And having yeah. these like chapter one, chapter two type of stuff, right? Yeah, you were not you were not wrong there. That definitely definitely has the feel of like that's what they probably would do. Yeah, I don't I don't want to feel like it ha- when it drops. Like I have to watch you know <laughs> six, seven, eight hours of Star Wars right then and there, um, or or be spoiled on Twitter, right? Yeah, that seems very non-Star Wars to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. So how much are we going to be paying for this Disney streaming service? The Wrap got some quotes from CEO Bob Iger. He said, our plan on the Disney side is to price this substantially below where Netflix is. Coming out swinging, Bob Iger. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, I like that. He was talking about the company's uh, – he was talking about this during the company's quarter four earnings call and you know netflix runs between 7.99 and 13.99 a month and he went on to say that is in part reflective of the fact it'll have less volume uh so uh Iger said the service will launch with a lot of high quality and will increase its price as the platform adds titles over time um the execs I, that's nothing that netflix isn't already doing so you know, Netflix started off fairly cheaper, you know, seven ninety nine, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, whatever, and now they're raising their prices a dollar. And I mean, if you want that same level of quality, I mean we're gonna pay that extra dollar to Netflix um to get that. Feels <sighs> like we get that email every year, doesn't it? Well, your seven ninety nine plan, yeah, it's 
it's up to what eleven ninety nine now. Is that the cheap plan now? Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's and, and well, the cheapest plan that they have is SD quality. It's not even it's not even HD. <laughs> you know, like if you want the the thirteen ninety nine is like ultra HD, and then you can run it on like four screens. Um, the middle of the row, which I think is like their nine ninety nine, which is going to ten ninety nine, is two screens and HD. So um, I don't know. I I. Uh, I think we're all going to look back on the golden age of streaming services and just kind of like miss when the choices were Hulu and Netflix, you know? Oh yeah. It's already, it's already, I missed that. Yeah. 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 Cause like everybody at first was kind of like, Oh, I'm cutting the cord. Fuck it. Cutting the cord. It's like, no, I mean, we're going to, we're going to miss it when you were able to cut the cord, but now, now you're going to start to have to trim down your, your streaming services. Like, okay. Who can I live without? Um, am I going to have to cut out Hulu? Um, am I going to have to cut out Amazon Prime? Well, no, I, I got to get the free shipping. Um, oh, I, I got to have Disney. I, I got to have Disney. I got to watch my Star Wars. You know, yeah, I got to yeah, watch my new Marvel show. You. Oh, I got to watch my Stranger Things. It's like, yeah, they've got you. So, um, man, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm worried about what a Star Wars TV show is going to look like. Um, I'm not so worried about the Marvel stuff. I mean, we've gotten some, I think we've gotten some crap out of Marvel recently with even the Netflix stuff. So I'm not too worried mm-hmm. there. I don't think they could fuck it up m- much worse. Yeah. The golden age of Netflix Marvel shows is kind of over at this point. Yeah. Did it happen when, uh, who left? It was, uh, Steven, was it Steven, Steven Denight that left? Yeah. Even Jessica Jones season one was good though. Like well, yeah. that, you know, I feel like that well, yeah. was still part of the golden age, well, and yeah. he had already left by then. Yeah, I, well, he—he he was. I, I don't know if he. Maybe he helped set up that season. I don't know, but I—I I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it started to suffer yeah. with Daredevil season two. I wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't a huge fan, so. Um, I know a lot of people were though. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on from that. That was big fucking news this week, though, guys. Jesus. No, it was huge. I, I yeah. like seeing that. Um, it's nice to know that it's coming. You know, 2019. It'll be before yeah. we know it. We'll know a lot more information about this. I think. I hope Warner Brothers starts their own streaming service, and I get that Martian Manhunter. Who, who am I going to fuck tonight? Show like that would be oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing. You know, is it going to be like a game show, or is it going to be like a reality series? Yeah, it'll be like a reality series. Okay, okay. I yeah. can dig it. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have to listen to the hour, though, afterwards? Uh, <laughs> that's bonus content, man. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're yeah, Chris Hardwick's going to host it. Maybe an additional three ninety nine a month, and you get the version without the hour. Uh, <laughs> did any of you watch the... Uh, the Stranger Things Beyond Stranger Things. Did any of you guys watch I, that? I watched, I, th- I watched three episodes of it before I couldn't stand it anymore. So check this out. Check this out. Like my dad like watched Stranger Things season one and he loved it. Thought it was fantastic. And so I'm like, yeah, dad, you know, um, my sister got married a couple weeks ago and it was like that, you know, the weekend that my sister got married when Stranger Things season two dropped. So I'm talking to my dad at the wedding and I'm, I'm like, yeah, Stranger Things season two just came out. And my dad's like, all right, cool. So he gets home and I'm like, dad, watch Stranger Things season two. And so like, I get a text message like later on, uh, that day, uh, that I gave him the reminder and he's like, he's like, Stranger Things two. He's like, ah, this is, this is horrible. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, this is horrible. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not horrible. My dad, my dad was watching 
<laughs> Stranger Things Beyond, thinking it was oh. <laughs> the after show, thinking it was Stranger Things season two. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> oh God! I was like, Dad, you're watching the after show. You you need you need to watch the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> They're like showing clips of it during the thing and everything. That's the worst way to get the spoilers. Too. Oh God! Then uh, then I turned him around and he watched the actual thing. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about uh, some uh, news that we didn't get to talk about when we were off there. Warner Brothers is in talks to do a Lord of the Rings television show on Amazon. Uh, this is after all the legal stuff has been worked out with the Tolkien estate. Christopher Tolkien, the 92-year-old son. 92-year-old son! Holy cow. Yeah, of uh, Tolkien. He's in charge of his father's estate. He was not a fan of the work that Peter Jackson did on the Lord of the Rings films. And back in 2012, he said that Jackson, quote, was gutting the book and making an action film for 15 to 25-year-olds. Uh, and, uh, and the films left out characters like Tom Bombadil. Um, and then, you know, Tolkien himself admitted that the character isn't the most important, but said this, I would not, however, have left him in if he did not have some kind of function. So, um, this, uh, this news of a Lord of, Lord of the Rings television show, uh, I, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on a Lord of the Rings TV series. And um, if you want it, if you don't want it, uh, what they could introduce, what do you want it to be about? I, I know what the Lord of the Rings story is, guys, but th- that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to retread the entire fucking book, okay? So no. I, I, I'll start off. I, I, I think that this is going to fill. Hopefully, this, this, it's going to be on Amazon. Amazon is basically Amazon's. Owned by the richest man in the world, this uh, what's his name, Bezos? Um, the Jeff fuck Bezos. is it? Yeah, yeah, the richest man. I mean, the guy's worth like ninety billion dollars. So if he wants to open the purse strings and make a very huge budget show to rival Game of Thrones, uh, which is leaving television, guys. So this is go- this is going to fill that void for me, uh, uh, Eric. I mean, we've been watching Shannara Chronicles, and that that's probably going to go away after this season. And like, that's kind of like filling that void when I'm not watching Game of Thrones. And so, I I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to this. I, I don't think that they're going to retread 100 Lord of the Rings. I think the show should just be called Middle Earth, and yeah, and kind of like take us back into that world. I don't want to follow Frodo again. I, I don't want to see Gollum nope. again. Um, nope. And I, I I think what they could do here is there are other characters that were introduced into the Silmarillion that they could totally go into here. If you had a very talented writer's room, you could take the world of Middle-earth and make something very cool. There's a character that we never got introduced to, um, Morgoth, uh, also known as Mel- Melkor, who in the Silmarillion we find out is like the predecessor of Sauron. And basically is like the biggest baddie of Middle Earth that we never even saw in the films. There's a whole world here that we haven't even been introduced to. So I think that there's a lot of potential here and I would love to revisit Middle Earth. It's just that Amazon has to put a lot of money into this. Man, I, I 100% agree with the stuff you're saying, Brian. I, I think there's a ton of potential here. I would also love to revisit Middle Earth. But I, I think the sad facts are what we are going to get is a retelling of Frodo's journey. 
I, I think, I mean, like the, the lead into this story was talking about Christopher. Is that the, the, the 92-year-old son's name? Yeah, yeah. But Christopher Tolkien, he like – he's the one that actually – after his father died, published the Silmarillion. So yeah. a lot of that stuff, I'm sure he would love to work into into this world. I don't think he's going to want to have that world that Peter Jackson created, though, be the figurehead world, if you know what I'm saying. It like, doesn't matter, wants... though. It doesn't matter anymore because all the legal stuff's been worked out. So it's like that everything with the estate's been worked out, and basically Amazon can do whatever the fuck they want to. Oh, I, oh, I hear you yeah. there. I hear you there, but it sounds like they want – Christopher's blessing and they're kind of trying to do it a little bit more in line with what the estate wanted in the first place. Yeah. And so I think what they will do is retell the Frodo stuff. They're going to retell Lord of the Rings. Ugh, I, that's horrible. I know. I know. And that I completely agree, but I, I just, ugh, that's the attitude. I think the estate has, they, they don't, unfortunately they can't do the Cimmerillion cause they don't have the, the Lord of the Rings the proper way done in their eyes to be able to just start expanding from it. Like well, that. until until official word comes out, I, I'm I'm praying that it's just going to be a show about Middle Earth and has nothing to do with the Frodo, um, you know, Bilbo Baggins bullshit. I, I'm not calling that bullshit either. I love I love Lord <laughs> of the Rings. It's just been done to death. Exactly, it's been done to death. Right. I wish they I wish they would spend the money on. Uh, I think there's tons of fantasy epic franchises out there that just like game of thrones weren't aren't really on like the you know the forefront of people's knowledge that i wish they would take a stab at rather than just kind of go back to this well too like i would love like give wheel of time a shot i, I know there's other fantasy series out there it, i don't know i'm kind of eh. i'm not too excited about doing a lord of the rings tv series especially if we're redoing the frodo stuff yeah what do you think eric you know, I'm I'm going to disagree a little bit, Jake, only in that I, I, I get wanting to please him, but you've already purchased the rights. Yeah. What you're looking for now is for it to be successful. And if you look at a lot of the programming Amazon is putting out, because they're not keeping any kind of a Netflix pace at the moment, um, but the quality of the shows that they're putting out for original content are really, really good. Bosch. Um, is outstanding. Highly recommend Bosch and Goliath. Um, I know that it was mixed. Some people loved it and hated it, but I loved the tick. Uh, Tin Star, The Last Tycoon, Mad Dogs is one that's Sneaky not gotten a lot of love. Sneaky, Sneaky Pete. Pete. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Mad Dogs. I don't know if you watched Mad Dogs, Brian, but no. I thought Mad Dogs was great. I have not so, seen that one. They're really nailing it and they're doing very, very well right now. Um, uh, so I think they're going to pick a story, and I think they're smart enough to know that that has been done to death. At least, for the most part, the one thing I will say that Netflix, Amazon, all these streaming services that are doing original content, they're, they're because they're not just mass-producing movies, they seem to be generally making smarter choices and not just going for, oh, let's rehash this same old thing. And when they do it, they do it smart. Like... Netflix knew from their demographics that Fuller House was going to be a huge success. They knew that going into it. That's why they rehashed it because they knew that they could do something fresh off of it. And I think Amazon will do the same. They have a ton of history to work from to do that as well. Um, it's amazing just the stories that they tell in the uh, Shadows of Mordor game and the Shadows of War 
there's a ton of history out there. Uh, and I think they they can attack that, and I think they're smart enough to do that. Yeah, I, 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 Jake, I think you're just worried about your principal characters being – like even though they, they would probably be introducing characters that we didn't see in the films, I, you're just worried about just more Frodo, right? I mean just more Frodo. Yeah, I just and, don't need to see a retelling of this. It I don't seems either. like a boring well to me. No, I agree. I, yeah, I I, I want to see Middle Earth again. I just don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. I don't need necessarily the Hobbit story. I, I mean, we yeah, could, I don't need. I don't need the whole thing from yeah. beginning to end again. If right. that's what we're doing, yeah. But we're gonna, you know. I, I mean, I think I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but I think Peter Jackson did a great service by cutting out a lot of yeah. that. No, no, no. I agree, <laughs> oh, man. I agree. From the Lord of the Rings, I think the ho- everything went wrong with the Hobbit. Where I don't know what happened with his brain. Yeah, that was but a shit in, show. In the original experiment, I think he did us all a favor, like drawing this story out longer into a seven-plus season television series. Sounds like the most excruciating exercise I can imagine. No yeah, that's that's why I'm hoping it's it. it's just called Middle Earth, and it's it's yeah. just it's story set within this world where you where what you do is if you're Amazon. Is you, you, you get a great writer's room. You hire some really talented guys in a writer's room and say, guys, uh, just like what Marvel Comics has done with like Star Wars. They take the, their best writers and say, hey, you're on Phasma. You're on Poe Dameron. You know, uh, you, you've always wanted to work with Luke Skywalker. Give me a story. Get some great writers, some up and coming writers. Uh, and, and then put them in a writer's room and say, guess what, guys? You guys have access to Middle Earth. Have at it. What can yeah, you, and they, what can you give me? Need to, they need to say fuck it to the Bibles of uh, Middle Earth and Tolkien, too. Because, I mean, some of the stuff involved with that is a little bit archaic, right? Like, we need some strong female characters, of which there are none. So I think they need to take some liberties and really, like kind of bring some of this middle earth stuff to the modern world right yeah, yeah. With a little, little bit more diversity and some some strong women i mean i'm and i'm not trying to sound pc about it but there's literally zero for the most part in those stories you the, know yeah i mean and what they do is like in the in the movies is they added the romance and like that romance was not there in the books so <laughs> yeah i mean that it barely they barely had something for the movies that that's kind of what makes game of thrones so strong is there's I mean, you can't even count on one hand how many awesome female characters there are. Right. So yeah. it's hopefully if they do some Middle Earth stuff, it's not like they're beholden to doing everything page by page from all of Tolkien's notes. Because yeah. I want to see some. Good. I yeah. want to see some female Ents. I want to see some uh, trees with tits. That's what I want to see. You go. <laughs> right trees with tits. You want some of that sweet, sweet maple? Yeah, man. I want to see some fucking some syrup. I want to see some. <laughs> Lactating trees is what I want to see. Got <laughs> some pancakes. Oh man, yeah. Can you milk a tree, Brian? Yeah, I want. Some, I want some middle girth with my Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll do. They'll probably just make Frodo a, a girl and do the whole thing over again. Right. Yeah. Oh man, even even the uh, the Hobbit women had hairy feet, right? Yeah. That is true. I want to see. I want to see. I want to, I want to see. I want to see a. Uh, I want to see a world of of uh, hobbits where they go into a uh, into into a nail shop and get like pedicures and shit. You know, I want, I want to see. <laughs> hobbits have the most interesting stories. Yeah, man. You know, I'd like to see them. 
<laughs> I'd like to see a, a hobbit get a pedicure, you know? Fucking, uh, <laughs> anyway. Moving on. I, I think it could be good if, if Amazon approaches this not with the, the, the one ring story in mind, man. You know, there's, I think there's gotta be some more cool stories in Middle Earth and, uh, come on. Just, I just, let's, let's not retread Gollum and Frodo and I love those stories, man. And I loved those movies, but shit, dude. I can't watch. Yeah, Jake, I'm. You're right. I can't watch it stretched out into a seven season series. I can't do it. <laughs> oh God, I can't do Sorry. it. Hey, can we take a real quick break? Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on here. Uh, the actress Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok, was tweeted by a fan who said she should play Alana if there ever was an an, an adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn's comic book. Saga, drawn by Fiona Staples, and uh, Tessa Thompson replied, Oh my god, I'm very obsessed with Saga. That would be so dreamy. So, um, Jake, I know you've read some Saga. Eric, you said you've read some Saga. Uh, I've read Saga. Uh, it's it's kind of like a uh, space space opera comic book. Like a, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's a, it's a fantastic book by Brian K. Vaughn. It's, it's so good. Yeah, I always just kind of say like it's just a real universe building kind of space adventure story. It is really hard to just pinpoint, nail down. Well, it's also about fatherhood, motherhood. Uh, you know, Brian K. Vaughn, like after him and his wife had their first child, started to his experiences with his child and, and things like that, he would actually incorporate them into this book dealing with aliens. And so you've, in this book, you actually have two different alien species. Uh, one, one that is a male and one that is a female and these, and, and both of their races are warring against each other. Um, and they actually fall in love and, uh, have a child together and they name the child Hazel and this is their story and they're, they're on the run. So actually like it's about Marco and Alana and Marco is actually a prisoner of Alana at one time and she broke him out and like they ran off together and, and had their child and their child Hazel. And it, it's a fantastic story. It's, I mean, you, you get, <laughs> uh, they have a spaceship that's, uh, that's a tree that they, that they fly in at the beginning and I, there's so many different characters that are introduced. There's a character called, uh, the Will that's a bounty hunter, uh, that is after them and he has a cat called Lying Cat that can, if someone's lying, the cat will call him out and say that they're lying. And it's just, the characters are great. The art by Fiona Staples is fantastic. Brian K. Vaughn mm-hmm. is a, a, a fantastic storyteller and, and this is one of those books where, um, you know, people have wanted to see it kind of adapted to TV or, and film, but Vaughn and Staples reaffirmed their desire not to have it be in TV or film back in 2013. Vaughn stated that the point of Saga, as he conceived it, was, quote, to do absolutely everything I couldn't do in a movie or a TV show. I'm really happy with it just being a comic. So... That was his original statement that, like, he tried to make it to where, like, this could not actually be done on TV or in a film. So CBR asked him this year um, this question. Watching those sci-fi fantasy blockbusters unleashed on screen, would you like to see Saga as a movie or perhaps as a TV series? He said, maybe when the story is finished. 
I think Fiona and I are both open to Saga possibly being translated into another medium someday. And we've gotten a lot of very flattering offers. But for the moment, we're just concentrating on trying to make the greatest comic book we can. Um, Definitely relaxed a bit on it, though. Yeah. And then the very next year, when asked the same question, again, he said, Fiona and I get option offers all the time. But I don't think the technology or financial model exists yet to realistically make Saga work as either a television series or a feature. Uh, I'm certainly open to being proven wrong, though, especially if Paul Thomas Anderson is looking to adapt a pervy (laughs) space fantasy for his next project. For now, I like comics way more than TV and film, so I'm happy for Saga to remain nothing but a lowly book. Um, So... I don't know. Tessa Thompson as Alana seems like really damn good casting, though. I, I just have a feeling, though, by the time that they are ready to turn Saga into a TV or a film, that she's going to be too old for the role. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. I mean, if they were casting this thing now, yeah. she'd be perfect. She'd perfect. But I, yeah. I, I agree with you. By the time it's going to matter, it's probably going to be long past. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. You always love to see a fan get a gig like this. And I mean, the casting is just, I mean, <laughs> pretty much perfect. Yeah. And I've, I've always wanted Oscar Isaac as Marco. That, that's my Marco. And I think, you know, you, you wait too long on that too. He's going to be too old for the role. So, um, mm-hmm. CBR, like CBR talked with, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and they were wanting to know, like, you know, you know, Brian Kevon, he said, you know, maybe when the comic book wraps. So, like, when will the comic book end? Because, like, they're – oh, my God. They're on, like, issue 47 or 48 now. And this comic's been running since 2012. And They do about eight a year, right? Yeah. She, she takes three months off typically in between issues. Um, so he said, I know exactly how the story ends down to the last page, but I don't know exactly how long it will take to get there. It's a long one. That's for sure. So, I mean, we could be waiting years before this ends. I mean, like, you know, Walking Dead has been going on since, like, was it 2003? And it's still going? Yeah. So, yeah. I Would you guys want to see a saga adaptation to film or or uh, TV? You know, you've read more than I have. Yeah. What do you think about Brian K. Vaughn and his statements about how he's primarily trying to do things that he wouldn't be allowed to do on television and film? Do you think the comic upholds what he's saying? Yeah. I mean, it's like if you're going to do like a straight adaptation, I I don't think any other network other than like HBO or Amazon could do this. I don't think it could ever be a movie. It's just too fucking epic. You just Is the narrative even possible to translate as something – other than comic books, right? Like exactly. If if it's up to me, I wouldn't do it. But but on the on the flip side, it's like I think honestly, like if 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 they were to do it and it was successful, if they could translate it, I mean, it would put Saga in the hands of a lot more people, and it you know a lot more people would know about this wonderful comic that's out there. And it is, it's yeah. great. It's a great, like if, if you if you don't read comics now, like I know people that don't read comics, but they read Saga. Right, I mean, oh yeah. So it's it's really fucking good. So I don't know. I don't. 
I can't see them getting away with this or doing this justice on on. I think television. It's too much of a big budget. I think maybe Amazon or HBO could do it possibly, but I don't know, man. It's it's a big budget, yeah. man. I mean, you know, I I think you could you could do this stuff on a big movie budget, but on a TV budget, I don't know if you could do this, man. Like even and then with the movie thing, then you don't have enough time. Exactly, it's like a sword that way. Exactly, you got the money to make it look right, but then it's going to get fucking dark towered where they take fucking right. eight hundred pages and cram it in this two and a half yeah. hour mess. Yeah, it's got to be a TV series, and I don't think they're there with the technology yet. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I Tessa Tessa Thompson, I could see her doing, I could see her doing the series. But it also feels like she's like stepping into into movies now with you know Thor, and um, you know I know we saw her on Westworld and she's done some other you know TV in the past. I I don't know. Man. She really shined in Ragnarok. She did. That was her coming out party, man. She well, was great. She's she was fantastic in Westworld as well. I thought she was mm-hmm. really good. She, I mean, she was able to hold that screen, man. She was really fucking good. So. All right, Apple Streaming has landed another big show, it looks like, guys. This is following the deal of uh, Amazing Stories, uh, you know, joining the service as well. Um, the, this news comes from THR. Uh, following a multiple outlet bidding war, Apple has emerged as the victor for a morning show drama starring Jennifer Aniston and Reith Witherspoon. So this oh, is – Oh, man. Yeah. This is a big deal. Like this is the, – here's more from the article. The tech giant has picked up the untitled project with a straight-to-series, two-season order, 20 episodes total. Aniston from – you know, of course, from Friends and Reese Witherspoon from most recently Big Little Lies on HBO will star, executive produce, and co-own the show alongside Michael Ellenberg's media res company – which will produce a series for Apple. Sources describe the price tag on the show as comparable to other premium fare with big stars attached. Uh, as for how racy it will be, that's still to be determined as there are no scripts for the drama yet. But uh, the show is described... Star power galore, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The show is described as an inside look at the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the women and men who carry out this daily televised ritual. Um... It's uh, Brian Stelter's book, Top of the Morning, Inside the Cutthroat World of Morning TV, which was previously in development at Lifetime as a TV movie, will provide additional background for the show, which is based on an original concept by Ellenberg. Um, the series is written and executive produced by Emmy-nominated Emmy Jay Carson from House of Cards, who will also serve as showrunner. So, like, I, this is another big score from Apple. I mean, they've got Jennifer Aniston returning to TV for the first time since Friends, and you got to you got to believe that like this is not her first offer to come back to TV since she left friends like this is a pretty big fucking deal and like Reese Witherspoon's involved um i think apple's yeah, kind of she's no small potatoes either she yeah. just left like a noah Hawley thing that she couldn't do so just so she could do big little lies too wow so yeah. it's crazy wow this is this is big news so like i don't know i i mean apple Apple seems like they're they're coming out swinging too. I mean, and Apple definitely has the money to do this. I don't know. Apple has the money to do this. They're bigger than they're bigger than Disney as far as not 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 as far as like budget. Yes, they have more money than Disney. Entertainment not so much, but I'm saying like they have they have the money behind them 
to to build upon this and and build an entertainment empire. So, yeah, this is a good step in the right direction, and they've got two of the most powerful women in Hollywood to kind of like help them move forward with this. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see this show. I think it sounds interesting. I mean, it feels like it's like, you know, like Aaron Sorkin did the newsroom. This feels like kind of like that, just with you know morning television. I think it could be interesting. Did I lose you guys? Nope. Well, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> just just <laughs> podcasting gold, sir. <laughs> it, was, it was me finishing a sentence and then a long, long pause. So it well, was. Uh, so let me say this: I I really don't get that interested by hearing the description of this, but I I recognize the star potential that those two have and what it could mean to them. So it, now that said, if it's a you know, if it's an Aaron Sorkin written level, I, I'd be all in for that. I think what what what's going to have a lot of people worried about this is that it's going to be two rival women, um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, and it's going to be it's about this cutthroat world of morning TV, and it's going to be two women on rival networks, and they're you know classic like women can't get along and all that shit. Hey, welcome to the real world. We saw this happen with Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, and this shit happens. So I it this it can be it can be a good TV show. I, I do kind of like, you know, I do kind of want to see this. I mean, you no, know, I think it sounds good. Aniston will be great. Maybe she'll be kind of like playing into like the Kathy Lee prototype, yeah, as like the kind of drunk, jealous, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of crazy backstabbing TV personality type right. character. I, I do hope it leans towards the uh, more mature audiences type scenarios going on behind the scenes though. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, of course I, we got to see trailers and stuff like that, but like, I think, it, I think it's a big score for Apple to get these two women. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. And if it's at like Aaron Sorkin level, I'm definitely in. So, um, and they got what is it that this Jay Carson from House of Cards? I never watched House of Cards, guys, but I know like a lot of people love that fucking show. So, yeah, I loved it. I, I did love it. Yeah, <laughs> you did love it until recently. Actually, loved a little less. Let's, less uh, lately, I don't know why, let, but let's talk about this. So anyway, I went and saw uh, Murder on the Orient Express on Thursday, and one of the trailers was of uh, Ridley Scott's new film hitting theaters December twenty second. Uh, called All the Money in the World, which stars Michelle Williams, Mark Wahlberg, and Kevin Spacey as J. Paul Getty. Uh, well, that same day, I had learned the news that Ridley Scott would be cutting Spacey out of the film altogether and will replace his role with Chris, actor Christopher Plummer. So Scott and it's, and really Scott still plans on the same December release date. Uh, if, if anyone could do it, it's the guy that has nine different cuts of Blade Runner. Right. Yeah. Uh, Spacey's part, it was shot in eight days. Uh, Variety is reporting that the reshoots with Plummer will take eight to 10 days and it's going to cost them $10 million. Uh, Ridley is not doing any green screen shooting with this he's doing it location shooting so with the actual actors there instead of like cgi inserting them into scenes so um they're actually getting michelle williams and mark Wahlberg to come back for the reshoots to do this and he wants to hit that december 22nd release 
and not just do it at a later date because they want to beat this Danny Boyle FX series uh, called Trust, which is also based on the John Paul Getty, the third story, which has Donald Sutherland playing J. Paul Getty. So they want to beat that before it hits TV screens. So I don't know, man. This is uh, this is kind of unprecedented, right? Like I've uh, have they uh, yeah, ten million well spent though. Yeah, because like right. the movie was gonna bomb if they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it is unprecedented though. But I mean, I think Ridley Scott and the studio made the correct decision. If they yeah. want to make any anything back from this other than just lose money, this is what they had to do. Oh, so power to them. When are we gonna get that? When are we gonna get that first? What's what's fucked up is like. When are we gonna get that first trailer with Christopher Plummer as? Are, are are we gonna get that? Are we gonna get a trailer with Christopher Plummer as as J. Paul Getty or? Because like I was literally in the theater the same day that they announced the news, and I'm still seeing the Kevin Spacey trailer, which was awkward as hell. So yeah, I bet that just I bet they just pull those trailers, and it's probably just gonna be a TV spot campaign. With the plumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my, it's just like, I wonder, like, how many people... <laughs> there have, a lot of people in the theater when, when that came up? No. Was like, what was the atmosphere like? No, 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 no. There's only a few other people in the theater. And I, I was looking around to see, like, if anybody was kind of, like, shocked. I don't know if they'd heard the, the story or not yet. So... Yeah, well, I mean, they'd heard the stuff about Kevin Spacey, though. I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine. So it was just so... I don't know. This is just kind of, like, surreal that <laughs> this, is, this is happening. It was, it's a smart move. From Ridley Scott, but oh my God, this is uh, they've got to they've got to shoot this stuff really quick, and it's like it'd be crazy if Christopher Plummer gets nominated for like an Oscar for like <laughs> like best supporting actor, best supporting actor yeah. in a role that Came was supposed in, to in two weeks just blew us out of the park. <laughs> yes, best supporting actor nominated for like this role as J. Paul Getty in a role that Kevin Spacey was supposed to get with all this. Uh, these allegations of space. Did you hear about Kevin Spacey and Richard Dreyfuss's son? Did you hear about that? Yeah, no. I, have, I have. It was like at a, like Dreyfus was like in the other room. I, I heard it was in the same room. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, he like touched his son's leg and was like, kind of like flirty and shit like that. And, um, yeah, fucked up, man. And now we're hearing like Richard Dreyfus is being accused himself. Of, yeah, like, yeah, that just came out a couple of days ago yeah, too. Yeah, nuts. Oh my gosh. I, jeez, all these people coming out being perverts. Jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have to fix it up, man. Yeah. Get Hollywood fixed up. I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. Let's Absolutely. Do it. Gosh, out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> Crying out loud. Ridiculous. All right. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on this uh, Ridley Scott uh, thing? No, uh, I, I'm a big Ridley Scott fan, though, so I'm glad that he's going to be able to hopefully, you know, wash this movie up a bit and make it something that I might want to see. Yeah, 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 crazy. All right, let's move on into Marvel news, everybody. Marvel news. Marvel news. All right, guys. This is a uh, fucking crazy news week, right? Crazy. Tons a lot of, of it. A lot of it. Yeah. 
CNBC reported that Fox and Disney had had talks about Fox selling parts of its company to Disney. Now, these talks have since cooled off. Apparently, they had talked about three weeks ago these conversations started, and they haven't spoken in a couple weeks now, but talks could start again soon. Uh, one of the parts that Fox was looking to sell was 20th Century Fox movie and TV production studios. If this ever did happen, that would mean that Disney would now own the X-Men and Fantastic Four, and that means characters like Wolverine, the Human Torch, Storm, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Deadpool, Cable, Beast, and even the Juggernaut could be seen on screen with the likes of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Incredible Hulk. Um... So the only major piece of 21st Century Fox's entertainment operation that Disney wouldn't be buying if the deal goes through would be the Fox Broadcast Network. Since Disney currently owns ABC, they cannot also own another broadcast network due to FCC regulations. Probably something to do with a monopoly, um, which this feels like if it does happen. Sounds like a good rule. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels like if this goes down, it could be a monopoly anyway. Uh, that means that Disney would also not be buying any of Fox's cable news or sports channels, the latter due to worries that combining them with the Disney-owned ESPN could be seen as a violation of antitrust rules. Um, what are your th- – guys, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more. I've got more things that I want to talk about when it comes to this. But like what are your thoughts about this? Would you want to see this actually happen? Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, the, the dream is before I die to see all the Marvel characters in one shared universe, mm. right? I mean, so mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I hope it happens eventually. Eric. Yeah, I, 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 I want to see the, the, you know, the X-Men in the Marvel universe again. Absolutely. I agree with you, Jake. I don't care about the rest. That's all I care yeah. about. So the rest of it. I, I, I really couldn't give a shit. I mean, what I, I've asked this before and I forget. I, what are some of their other properties that are big besides Fox? I, mean, I want to see the Fantastic Four. That's Marvel's first family, and it feels like the Marvel Universe itself is, is such – it's perfect for the Fantastic Four, but yet they're not there. Are you talking about Eric? Are you asking about Fox? What are some of Fox's bigger bigger properties? Yes. What are, yeah. What, what do they have right now? Simpsons, Avatar. I mean, huh? I mean, what else? I mean, th- see, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, 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 I want to. I'm worried about this. I, I think it's. I would love to see them work out. A deal like they worked out with Sony. Um, I don't want Disney to have 100%, 100% control over everything in Fox's library. I, I think it's the death of a studio. I understand like why they want to do it because like if they if they buy 20th Century Fox, they would have access to all their films and be able to put those films in their library for their streaming service as well, which would which would definitely make them compete with Netflix like right off the get. But like yeah. we're we're seeing what 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 Fox is doing with I, I know they f- kind of fucked up the X-Men here recently like with 
you know, like apocalypse, you know, and, and we haven't been a big fan of like some of the stuff they've done there. But like, I can't see Disney doing what they, what Fox has done with Deadpool. Like Disney would not have done that in my opinion. We're not, and Ryan Reynolds has voiced, mm-hmm. kind of like voiced his concern on Twitter. And like, we never would have got like Logan, the Logan, Logan noir R rated Wolverine film that we saw. I think Fox kind of gets it there. I, if we're going to do this, I, I think it needs to be kind of like the Sony deal. Like we're, we're like, okay, now you have access. Okay. Marvel, we're going to give you access to the X-Men, but you know what? We're, you know, and you can put Wolverine in your movies, but we're still going to do our shit with like Deadpool and it's going to be R and. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not a huge fan of like Disney owning absolutely everything. And you know, like a lot of people have been saying like, okay, so if Disney buys Fox, guys, remember like, you know, Marvel's only putting out 3 movies a year. Like, and I'm not yeah. even talking about I'm not even talking about the the Spider-Man movie. I that's Sony. Sony Sony's footing the bill for that. So like, they're going to have 4 movies a year if you want to think about it in those years where where Spider-Man film comes out. That's not – if they buy Fox, that's not the case here. That's not the case. Like they're buying a studio. They could still keep 20th Century Fox open as a studio just like they've kept – like you know, like, like they had like Touchstone. They could keep Fox around and Fox could still make their Fox – but it would just be under the Marvel banner and the Disney banner if they wanted to. I mean – That's a better solution. I like that a lot. I mean I, I agree with you that I, I don't like – if they just encompass everything and put out the same amount of product, then that, that kind of seems like a waste. Like it would be better played like you're saying to have it be a separate studio making separate movie releases, making separate business decisions yeah. still. Jake, we'd Even also – all the money's rolling into Disney. We'd also get back our original Star Wars intro with the 20th Century Fox. Dun, 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 dun. We'd get that back. Yeah, all the streaming rights too. I'm sure Disney. Yeah. That's very lucrative to Disney to get back the streaming rights to like a New Hope and the prequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Jake, I, I just don't know if I want Disney to own this much, man. You know, that's it's a lot. Yeah. It's At a lot. At that point, Universal's the biggest rival studio. I would yeah. say. I mean, exactly, and that's the thing. It's like once Disney has this, like Disney basically is. They they can start. They've they, they've done some stuff recently that's pissed me off. Number one, um, in order to play the Last Jedi in certain theaters, they have to. They've they've made it to where like some of these smaller theaters have to keep it in their theaters for like I think a total of like five or six weeks or something ridiculous. They have to keep it in there. They have to uh, yeah, agree to really that. That's really shitty. And not not only that, but it has to be in their largest theater yes, when other yes. big releases come out. That's another like. Dumb. That's right. some asinine shit. So, they're really trying to push their weight around. So you're telling me, like, like, this, like, okay, I can understand AMC and Goodrich and some of these bigger th- Cinemark. They can afford to do that shit. Regal or whatever. They can afford to do that stuff. But I, I'm talking about like the the local mom and pop fucking theater that's been in business for you know 50, 60 years or whatever. That's not a big chain. You're telling me that they've got to have it in there on that sixth week when everybody and everybody's seen it, and it's and and now and now nobody's going in to see the Last Jedi. We're, they've moved on to the next big movie, but this this small theater 
still has to be, has to show the last Jedi and they're losing money. It, that's fucked up. And, and Jake, they're gonna if they take over Fox, they're gonna be bigger and badder, and they're gonna have more control and be able to do more bullshit things like this. They recently, what was it? They didn't like how uh, they didn't like some kind of the press. It was like wasn't it the L.A. Times that they that they wouldn't let into their press screenings. They had like this hmm. big beef with the L.A. Times. And they wouldn't let the LA Times into their press screenings for certain movies. And they recently just lifted that like five days ago or something like that. It was ridiculous. I mean, it's like, mm, well, I haven't read about that story. Just because you didn't like something that they had said. Yeah. I've, I, I can actually send you the story. I actually, I, yeah, I'd like to read that. Yeah. I'll show it to you. But like, I don't, I don't like moves like that where like, you know, like they're not going to let just because they don't like some of the, some of the bad press that they've gotten from like the LA Times that they're going to, ban them from their press screenings of films come on give me a fucking break that's too much power i don't like that and and i i i can see with them just getting bigger like bob Iger has made some really big moves like you know uh purchasing pixar and doing things and like if man if it, it, that's what he wants to do here he wants to basically this is another notch on his belt this is this is <laughs> taking Fox and I think I think we're sacrificing to get to get the the uh, you know Marvel's first family back and the X Men back into the Marvel fold. We're sacrificing a whole studio to do that. No, I, I, I as much as I'd love to see it, man. I'd I'd rather see them. Much rather they tried to buy Sony last year, man. I mean, <laughs> they tried to buy Sony Studios, their studio, not Sony the company, but like the Sony studio. They tried to do it, tried to do that last year. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I want to see, I want to see the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, but not at the, not at the loss of like a whole fucking studio. I want that competition between studios. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully something new would rise, but I don't know. I, I I'd be for it. I will sell the soul of 20th Century Fox to get X-Men and Fantastic Four back. I wouldn't. I Goodbye. Wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would rather see them work out a deal. I think it's the beginning of the end to do that. I don't I don't like it at all. So, yeah. As a as a fan of the properties, yeah, I want to see I would love to see all these characters on screen together with you know, I'd love to see like Avengers and X Men on screen together. It'd be fucking amazing, but not at the cost of a whole studio. I just no, I can't do it. I don't know. Eric, what are you thinking? No, I I I, I would agree with you. It, 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 like I said, I really don't care about anything else falling under their umbrella other than uh Fantastic Four and X Men and everything. So um, and I, I agree with you. Would we? We never would have seen Deadpool under Disney. Uh, yeah. So probably in the end, I'd fall on the side of you know, don't don't do it. Just buy the two properties. Yeah, it's like, do you want? I mean, like, do you want to see like everything, every property that we've ever loved owned by Disney? Like, do we do no. we want to see like Transformers bought by them? Do we want to see like every? No, it's just can't get worse, right? It's just I, I tend to be a big fan of the underdogs. So, like you, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. I know he's now he's up and down with this stuff, but I love Kevin Smith as a person. Yeah, uh, yeah and too. I love the story of him and where he came from. I love what Blumhouse 
I, I'm not a fan of the movie styles that they do, but I'm a real fan of what they are doing in terms of producing, you know, quality movies at such a budget that make mm-hmm. money for them. You know who's you a know? big underdog right now, Eric? Huh? Kevin Spacey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not the kind you root for. Uh, I just want to – I sorry. Sometimes I just want to make people squirm a little bit. All right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. I was just a little stunned. That's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you – sometimes I just – it's like an experiment with me. I want to say the most uncomfortable thing so I can get a reaction <laughs> or no reaction. <laughs> if you, so if you want to do that, I was reading an article the other day – or it was an article or maybe it's maybe I saw it on something. But they were talking about the psychology of things that are outside of things – the way people normally act and they said one big way to to freak people out is to stand facing the back of an elevator when you yes. get on an elevator yes it, all you do is you just face the wrong way on the elevator and everybody gets instantly uncomfortable wondering yeah. what's what's up with the weirdo exactly or i've actually seen it to like where like the, the one person who gets on the elevator first faces the opposite direction from the get-go and everybody will will follow suit and turn that way as well so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they, they've done social. Yeah, they've done social experiments with that kind of shit, like on hidden camera TV shows. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. I, I don't know. Next time I next time I do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually, next time I get on an elevator, I'm gonna face the wrong way and I'm gonna start talking about how much I love Kevin Spacey. Spacey, yeah. <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be like, man, my my friend Eric Wade's right. He's the underdog. I love this guy. <laughs> Easily your favorite Lex Luthor. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Easily. Oh, I call him Sex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah. No, fuck, fuck Kevin Spacey, right? Anyway. Yeah. God damn it. You know, uh, fucking Edgar Wright's lucky that Baby Driver came out when it did. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got to be, oh, he's got to be like, close call. Really changes the dynamic of his character in Baby, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi talked with uh, MTV's Happy, Sad, Confused podcast about a scene that he wanted in the film that was cut and never was filmed. Uh, it uh, would have featured a young Thor and a young Loki in a flashback. Here's the quote. Uh, I wanted this little thing, and maybe if we ever do a Thor 4, we can have it, but I wanted to do some flashbacks where Thor was a kid, a little, a fat little kid. There was like an 80s version of Asgard where everyone had massive shoulder pads and everyone had mullets. Uh, our idea was Thor and Valkyrie meet, and he's like, hey, I know you, and she's like, ha, I remember you. And then it cuts back to this thing, and he's just this little pudgy kid walking around with a mullet and being picked on by other kids. And Loki's like this little emo goth hanging out by himself. He was like little Malfoy in Harry Potter. Um, so I uh, – what, what? I don't know. I'm kind of glad that that was. <laughs> is he jokey? Is this Taika jokey? I don't know. I, who knows if he can take this guy seriously or not. <laughs> Seems like he's being a little bit silly here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm down with it. Do you want to see that? I don't want to see that. 
That sounds that sounds more of like a uh, Saturday Night Live sketch than it does like let's put this in the it movie. Does. You know. Uh, speaking of Saturday Night Live sketches, I was watching um, the Saturday Night Live with uh, Gal Gadot today. It's Gal, it's pronounced Gal Gadot. Yeah. I'll- all I ever see is Gold Ducat from Star Trek. That's all I ever think of when I hear her name. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I uh did you guys watch the Gal Gadot uh SNL? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh god. The Themyscira when she was one <laughs> women's sketch was fucking hilarious. Oh man, they, they really they went all out for the kiss with uh Gal and yes. uh, uh, hold back for that. So funny. Did you watch did you watch the Safe Light commercial? Oh yes, yeah. like got really upset about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> oh, oh. Man, they, they did a commercial like inferring that the Safe Light guy was always there immediately because he was hitting on the like was she like thirteen years old, <laughs> yeah. like high school daughter? Yes. Yeah, the, the daughter. And <laughs> he he was yeah, the one. They kind of went all out. He was the one breaking the windshield. <laughs> And then <laughs> it's wow. it's fucking hilarious, man. It's fucking hilarious, and uh, yeah, Safe Light did not like it. So, have you watched the Larry David episode yet? Um, I've. Wa- oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the new Larry David one. Yeah, I, I watched it. Oh, oh man, they do the sketch where it's the uh, commer- They're like giving him the award for the commercials, and then the commercials use all kinds of slang that oh, you really play today. Yes. Oh, the, 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 uh, he was, uh, the guy who did the commercials back in like the nineties or eighties or nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. I was rolling. Oh my God. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That was a really ballsy sketch. That I, was, I, I was, that was, you know, that's the thing. Like all this, okay. We watch, you know, like all the things that like, you know, SJWs get upset about today. Um, the way that that TV's getting away with handling these things is they're basing shows in the eighties, like Glow, like Mark Maron's character and how sexist he is. He's able to get away with that character because they base it in the eighties. Oh, and he's a great character. Oh, isn't he? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, guys, back to Mar- <laughs> back to Marvel news. Um, uh, no, let's talk. Hey, let's talk about Kevin Spacey some more. And make Eric Wade uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be wouldn't, uncomfortable? Wouldn't that be fucked up if you're fucking Martian Manhunter and he turns into Kevin Spacey halfway through? <laughs> yeah. For some movies, the whole thing works. Like Seven is definitely already a creepy movie. Much more creepy now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, very. Oh my god, it's like yeah, it's like I feel like I can never go back and watch any of these movies again. Yeah, or at least the same way. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, Spider Man films. Uh, let's get back to Marvel news. Spider Man films haven't cast the J Jonah Jameson since J.K. Simmons. Um, he's now Commissioner Gordon in the DCEU. So, who is Sony going to cast as the next J Jonah Jameson? Um, it can't be J.K. Simmons. But that's that's not the case, according to J.K. Simmons himself. Here's his quote about him reprising <laughs> his role as J. Jonah Jameson to Entertainment Weekly. He says, I never say never. I mean, you know, obviously I had an amazing time with Sam Raimi on those movies and Tobey Maguire and everybody. That was a great time and, a, and huge for my career and my life and just pure fun. If there were an opportunity to revisit that, 
I don't know, though. Um, how old is Spider-Man going to be if J. Jonah Jameson is this old? So I, I think that there's got to be like a conflict of, I don't know. Yeah, between, that seems bizarre. Between DC and he can't be Commissioner Gordon and that seems weird. I don't know. He's a great actor, but it's, it's, he's not so great that he's not like Gary Oldman. He's not like a chameleon. Yeah. Like it's going to be like, okay, it's JK Simmons. It's both guys. Yeah. And I mean, we're getting Brolin as Thanos and Cable for two different studios and two different Marvel properties. But like, this is still different. <laughs> I don't know. Eric, would, would you, would you want, I, I, I think we'd all want to see, I think we all wanted to see J.K. Simmons come back and play Jonah Jameson, but that was before him as Commissioner Gordon. What do you think? Yeah, I, 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 I would have loved to have seen him come back. I, I have no problem with it, this either way. I think, I think J.K. Simmons would have been great to bring back, but jacked up and uh, you know with a with how he's worked out to get into shape for uh, for that. I, I don't know. It just I don't picture uh, I don't picture Jay Jonah is all jacked up and yeah, but it out. Did, so. Hold on, that's the thing here. Like, did he get jacked up for the Commissioner Gordon role, or because like he's going to be wearing a trench coat? It's not like it's not like all of a sudden what? like on a rooftop he's going to come out in a tank top, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did Hey, I, I, I just know what he did and how, and those pictures he took. He, I mean, he looked like he could beat the living shit out of. Yeah, but he's not. He's he's not taking those like he's not posting those pictures on Twitter and Instagram saying, "All right, here comes here comes uh, Commissioner Gordon." You know. Well, I thought I thought the idea was the more jacked up, more virile version of of Gordon that they that they were going for, though. Thought that was why he was doing it. I mean, every every time I've seen him, like in the commercials, he's just wearing a hat and trench coat. Like, I don't, I don't I think agree. that there's going to be like this scene where, like, he's like, uh, what? Yeah, like bodybuilding <laughs> montage scene. Well, like, you know, like what? What's that? Lawns keep lawns taker lawn keeper groundskeeper Willie groundskeeper Willie where he rips <laughs> off his shirt and he's jacked. I, <laughs> I hope that happens. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I. I just think that. I honestly. I feel like that has nothing to do with Commissioner Gordon. I feel like that. That just has to do with J.K. Simmons being a gym rat now. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I, no. No. I, I, you're probably right. You're probably right. No. He's, he's gonna like, be rare, fucking ripping parademons in half with his huge fucking guns. That's what I think. No, I, he's gonna. He's gonna be showing his bodybuilding competition pictures to Bruce Wayne in his spare time. Oh. Hey, check this out, dude. I got. I got. I got. I got third place in the competition. <laughs> Eric says, can we go back to talking about Kevin Spacey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, I, he, but I'm fine with the casting either way. Yeah. I, I, it's just not that big a deal to me, I don't think. I think they should cast Kevin Spacey as the next J. Jonah James. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you're not out of high school yet, huh? <laughs> Let me give you your first job. Yeah, I got a photo shoot for you. Come with me. <laughs> oh, man. First job is a blow job. Moving on to DC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on into DC news. 
Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. I don't even think we read all the iTunes reviews this week. How, how many did I read? One? Mm, I felt like one. <laughs> There's like four more. What the hell? I thought it felt short. <laughs> I, I got sidetracked with the Martian Manhunter shit. I'll read them next week. <laughs> that shit was important, man. <laughs> you know, I want to say this for the record. That made me uncomfortable, too, because my call sign <laughs> was JLA Martian Manhunter. That's what I was for, for, for three years playing Counter-Strike. Oh, Stop wow. on Martian Manhunter, man. He's oh, not man. that kind of guy. Oh, oh, man. oh he could be in, in my world. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, man. All right, DC News. Yeah, I'll read uh, – shit, man. Uh, I'll read those other four <laughs> iTunes reviews next week. Sorry, guys. Oh, man, big iTunes segment next week. That's uh, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the terrorist leader at the beginning of Batman v Superman that Superman flies through the wall. Uh, you guys remember who I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was confirmed by director Zack Snyder on Reddit in response to a Reddit user that terrorist is not dead. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when does that matter? Uh, well, everybody was saying like we even said it on the show. Like we we were like, oh, Superman's a hard. He's a cold blooded killer. He killed that terrorist and threw him, you know, rammed him through the wall just to protect uh, Amy Amy Adams's Lois Lane. And like like everybody was like, oh, Superman killed that guy. Like here we are, a fucking year and a half later, and Zack Snyder is saying that. That character's not dead, but not a problem either, quote, end of quote. Like, I just thought that this was, like, one of the most ridiculous stories I've read all week that that it's always great when a director has to come out a year and a half later to explain something in the film. Yeah, geez, Zack Snyder, stop talking in interviews. Go take care of your family. Well, this was on Reddit. This is like... <laughs> I don't even know if it was like a Reddit Ask Me Anything or like one of those Reddit AMAs. I don't know. It's just Someone a- take Zack Snyder's laptop away from him. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I just wanted – I had to throw that out there that like going forward, guys, um, we can't have that talk anymore about Superman killing the terrorists by flying him through that brick wall. Like that – that's not canon. That terrorist is is not dead. He's alive. <sighs> That clears up a lot. That really destroys a lot of arguments that I've had. <laughs> I was just saying, like, guys, when we go into Justice League next week, you cannot use that as a counterpoint to these characters. So just throwing it out there. That that terrorist is still alive. He's not doing well. Probably sipping fucking food through a straw for the rest of his life, but he's still alive. Probably a fucking vegetable. But uh, still alive. <laughs> I know. I, I'd almost rather he died, the poor guy. No shit. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a better life no. that Zack Snyder is giving him. This guy's like in a full body cast. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Fucking weird. Never going to walk again. All this other shit. Um, all right. He'll have a better career than Kevin Spacey, though. <laughs> This is, our, this, is our, this is our Kevin Spacey episode. I, I was just going to say the same thing. God damn. Our tribute. It's like, it's like one of those things like uh, – I was like, are we going to – I knew I, we were going to talk about Kevin Spacey you know, a little bit with that whole Ridley Scott thing. But yeah, we keep going back to him, man. 
I don't care. Well, I have In the Garden of Good and Evil on right now. That's what I'm watching. So uh-huh. <laughs> You're watching a TV show while we're podcasting? No, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Next week, we're doing our Justice League movie review. Uh, the Wall Street Journal did a story about the test screenings for the Justice League that have been conducted, and those audience scores are on par with audience screening scores for Wonder Woman. Wow, that's incredible. Also, uh, yeah, it is. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I've read some of the reactions, and I feel like I feel like I, I don't. I don't think that I don't think it's going to be epic. I, I, I still think I'm going to love one. From what I'm reading, from like people that I've. Like my opinion has lined up with before in the past, some of these critics that I trust, I feel like I'm going to leave the movie and be like, it was okay. Like I'm not going to leave, you know, I don't think it's going to be better than Wonder Woman. I don't know. I, the, the reviews are anywhere from like, it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be to, you know, it, it's, it's good. Nobody seems like outright, like it was horrible. I don't know. I'm just not kind of blown away by the responses. So I, I it's going to be very vanilla. Yeah. Uh, does Justice League have a post-credits scene? According to Jason Momoa in an interview with BBC Radio 2, it does, quote, they do, they do. You got to sit through the whole thing and go through the credits. I forgot that it was in the script. It's fantastic. So apparently there's a post-credits scene. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So. My man. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Now, I, can I make a prediction right now? Yeah. Jake, sure. I have a feeling once this movie's over with, you're going to love this Aquaman. You're gonna, like, that's going to, I, I got a feeling like it's, it's going to be that part of the movie that you're going to love. Cause it's so, so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, do, I wonder how much screen time it's going to get. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to be rolling in my in my chair. I bet. <laughs> I just I don't know. I think I know you well enough that like by the time this is over, you're going to be like, because like you like the 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 uh, Jolly Rancher, you know, sucking Lex Luthor. So like I I do I do I know. <laughs> so I have a feeling that Trucker Aquaman is going to hit that <laughs> hit Jake's little G spot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is it going to be one of those? Find something. Is it going to be one of those scenarios where? Jake, where do you think it's so ridiculous, it's so terrible that I actually like it? I hope that's to me that's like the best case scenario going in. So I hope I'd rather it be that than just boring. True. All right, moving on, moving on. We've talked about uh, this Nightwing film earlier that uh, DC's planning before uh, that they've been planning. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to get off the ground. I don't, it, this is, it's not like confirmed that it's, they're actually moving forward with this, right? This Nightwing movie? Mm, no, I didn't know. Eric? That it was like 100%. Eric, what about you guys in the Supercast? You guys talk about this shit. What do you know? 
That's Jordan. <laughs> I don't listen to half of what he says on there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, like New York Comic Con and like some of these conventions, like where they're announcing like official movies that are coming out. Like I didn't know if like this was official, like Birds of Prey, if that's official or. I, I have not heard that it is. That okay. doesn't mean it isn't, but exactly. I haven't. Heard, I don't remember Jordan pulling up a story that said it was official. Okay, so anyway, they, they, Chris McKay is attached to this Nightwing, Nightwing film if it ever does happen. Um, Chris McKay is the. Uh, director for the Lego Batman movie. He was a producer on Robot Chicken for years. Uh, Big funnier die collaborator, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked, yeah, he's, I talked about him earlier with that, uh, no activity show with funnier mm-hmm. die. And he also did, uh, Adult Swim's Moral Oral, Moral Oral, if you guys ever watched that. Uh, that was a, that was a bit of an underrated show. I liked that show. I loved Moral Oral. It was, uh, the, uh, it was kind of like, a. One of those claymation stop motion. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a religious spoof on Davy and Goliath, that Christian claymation cartoon or whatever the fuck. Yeah, God, wow. Yeah, I loved Moral Earl. So yeah, I can't, good. just can't say it. I uh, liked what I saw. I didn't watch a ton, but what I did see, I liked. It's good shit. Anyway, Dockery Mort Montgomery, uh, the star of the Power Rangers film, he played the Red Ranger, and he was also in season two of Stranger Things. He played Billy. Posted a cryptic Nightwing tease online. He posted a picture of Nightwing on his Twitter and then moments later deleted it. Of course, then speculation was that he's been a, you know, that he was approached for the role of Dick Grayson in the Nightwing film. So, uh, he's, he, this, the actor's 22. He's going to be 23 soon, which makes him like the perfect age for a Nightwing. If you, you know, think about it, like his night, his Robin years would have been probably, you know, 12, between 12 and 18, maybe 19 at the oldest. So 22, 23 makes him Nightwing age. And, um, so he's, he's in that age range. And, uh, Chris McKay, the director tweeted this in response. We haven't started the process of casting Nightwing yet. But when we do, you'll hear something because our search will be far and wide. So it's not, it's not like, I do, I think it's like another one of these actors kind of like trying to throw his hat into the ring, trying to petition a little bit that he wants to be Nightwing. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't blame him. You might as well throw it, you know, show some interest on social media, especially if people get excited about it. That, that can't hurt him. Yeah. I mean, you gotta like I don't know like uh, are they, there's gotta be a lot of stunt work. They gotta get a stunt man for this Robin movie, right, guys? I mean, this guy's like a an acrobat, you know, gymnast. Oh, yeah. you, know, I, they, you don't want that looking CG and yeah. crappy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird. Chris McKay doing a it. It can work though. I mean, like you know, like if you would have told me this like a few years ago, I'd have, I would have laughed it off. Like you got this Chris McKay directing a Nightwing film, and like here we are seeing like the Russo brothers, guys who like directed Arrest, Arrested Development episodes. Didn't they do like Parks Community? And Rec? Community, yeah, Community and Arrested Development, and here they are making like you know the Infinity War. You know, it's like. Yeah, anything's possible. I mean, all you have to all you have to really do is like get some like good stunt like good stunt coordinators on the show. It's not like you know. I mean, you don't the directors don't have to do everything. You're gonna have like your action stunt action director, and 
second your second unit director can handle some of that shit too. So yeah, and I got to imagine McKay. The reason he's involved is because he's a fan. So I don't think he he was is planning on going just full blown comedy with Nightwing anyway. Well, yeah, he did the Lego the Batman Lego movie. Yeah. So so I I, th- I think it's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I don't know what am I. Oh yeah, and I got a Henry Cavill quote here. He was talking to. Chris Van Vliet of WSVN-TV, and he said this about the Justice League film. The tone of the film, I'm not going to say it is light, because that would be doing it an injustice. It has a serious... Yeah. Yeah. It has a serious... Hashtag witty. It has a serious scenario with moments of humor and lightness peppered throughout. So, yeah, the humor... You know, I'm okay with the humor stuff, guys. You know, like, even... Even Ezra Miller in recent quotes said that Snyder was, was quote, doing a much lighter, more comedic, almost more weedy thing, end of quote. It's where, uh, it's where Cavill says, I'm not gonna say it's light because that would be doing it an injustice. Did he, he purposely said that, right? Oh, yes. So he's teasing the injustice storyline. In the Justice League He's teasing evil Superman, I would think, by saying that. Right, 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 right. And, and, like, we've already heard that we're getting the John Williams score in this one, but with a darker twist. So we're 100% getting an evil Superman in this film? For a moment, probably. It'll be just like Transformers the last night, you know? Batman will say two words and he'll snap out of it. Remember Martha? <laughs> Those are probably the words. Why did you say that name? <laughs> Superman says it this time. <laughs> See, it's just like Star Trek and JJ Abrams. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, I love it. No. Um yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh is the uh, yeah, move it on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's my question is Yeah. Zack Snyder was going that way. It can't be any worse than the humor Zack Snyder was going to put in this thing. <laughs> Zack Snyder is known for his sense of humor. I, I oh, was Zack say, Snyder's comedy stylings. Woof. <laughs> yeah. He, he is. is a charming guy in interviews, though. you got to admit. He really is. Oh, he is. He's fun at the cons yes, and stuff. He's and... great. But, yeah, he's not he, – I don't know. You, you couldn't have – you couldn't pick two different types of directors, in my opinion. Like, then Snyder and no. Eden. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Darren Ardenowski and the Farley brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Their new joint venture. Right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, try to think of, like, some other good combos. <laughs> I got I got Stanley Kubrick. Ken, Bur- Ken Burns and, uh, and the Wachowskis. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Paul Fagg and the and the Cohen brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, man. is the Flash film Flashpoint close to getting a director? Well, when a director is announced, it will be the fourth director on the project. We do know that. Oh, um yeah, so anyway, it, it apparently they, they Ben Fritz from the Wall Street Journal via Twitter said um Warner Brothers to- Toby Emmerich said, quote, close to hiring a director on Flashpoint, hopes to green light soon. So the Flash was originally in the hands of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who went on to direct 
uh, who went on to try to, to, <laughs> to try, almost direct to try and direct uh, Solo, a Star Wars story um, about but, Han Solo. Then it then it was yeah. Then it was past. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I thought it was about the Dixie Cups. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, then then it was passed on to uh, Seth Graham Smith. Uh, and then it went to, uh, the dope director, Rick Famuyiwa, and then he left due to creative differences, um, which, like, the whole reason Kiersey Clemens, the actress Kiersey Clemens was brought on was to play Iris West, and, and she was, because of her connection to Rick Fumiyawa in, in, in the movie Dope, and, and, and now he's gone, but she's still, <laughs> she's still attached to the character, um, Lord and Miller are now like back in. I guess they're like, I guess kind of like front runners. Them and Z- like them and Zemeckis are front runners to still be involved in this. It would be hilarious if it went back to Lord and Miller. At that point, it's like basically the Flash like adjusted the timelines and it's back, to, <laughs> <laughs> back to where it was in the first place. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be actually pretty fitting. I would love that. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah I would love to see that. I still want to see what they can do. I do too, especially with a with a superhero property. It's like, yeah, you know, like yeah. th- I want to see what they can do with a superhero property, or like you know, and I want to see what Edgar Wright can do. Like I, I honestly feel like, oh hell yes! After watching Thor Ragnarok and like how stylized it was under his direction, you know, Taika Waititi's direction. It's like it makes me wonder now, like what an Edgar Wright Ant Man would look like, and it, it's got to be. Yeah, find something outside of the Avengers proper to give that guy. You know, much like Gun and Guardians, there's yeah. got to be something they can dig out of the fucking Marvel well to give this guy and make amends. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh, I think Edgar Wright should move over to. Honestly, I think Edgar Wright should just move over to Warner Brothers and do do something like with the Atom. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. With Whedon there, Whedon would yep. definitely be a way to open the door for him to easily do that. Absolutely, absolutely, fucking lutely. I think, I think if he did, if he did the Adam, or if he 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 could be to to DC what um, James Gunn is to Marvel right now. I think he has that potential if they let him take the reins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That voice outside of the main. Yes. Trio of characters that's doing good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Think about- <laughs> DC really, DC really <laughs> yeah. needs that. Think about this property. Think about if Edgar Wright did a Metal Men movie. Yeah, that'd be great. I still love the whole uh, Plastic Man idea. <laughs> yeah, Plastic Man would be that, good too. That's a good one. The other one, I'd love to. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him take on the question and in staying as, as you know more street level. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake, earlier when we were talking, I can't believe I just Booster thought Gold's like, another great Edgar oh, Wright character. Oh, God, yeah. yes. That would yeah. be. A, oh, good call. Yeah, Booster yeah. Gold. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movie. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. Yeah, do a Seeing blue, Edgar Wright do that. Oh, shit. Yeah, do a Blue and Gold movie. That'd be amazing. Hell yeah. Um, oh, Jake, earlier when we were talking about why Daredevil season two and all these things weren't as good as like, you know, even the Jessica Jones wasn't drew Goddard still involved. Uh, Goddard. That's the name. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Fucking two hours late, but I thought about it. I, I figured yeah. it out. I knew like McKnight. I was like, no, yeah. no, we started talking go. about, we started talking about weed and I started, start talking, uh, thinking about people that were in his camp and drew Goddard. 
comes out of that Whedon camp because of the um, what was it that movie that they did uh, that uh, the house oh, Angel 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 was Goddard's baby yes too. yes um, I'm trying Cabin in the Woods I was thinking Cabin about that movie yeah, yes yeah. yes okay I love that movie but yeah um, here we go um, hey can oh. we do a quick break real quick yeah yeah. Jake, that's that. This is like a a thing for you every week. Requesting breaks. It's I'm sorry. A, I'm sorry. It should be a new drinking game on PCL. How many how many times <laughs> is Jake gonna ask for a break? Fuck. Hey, our new sponsor is Kit Kat. Brought to you by Jake. All right, be right I'll get back. Some mint Kit Kats. They're delicious. Yeah. Uh, give me a break. Give me that's yeah, yeah horrible. Anyway, we'll be right back. Be right back. <laughs> we'll be right. <laughs> All right, hey, real quick, uh, when it comes to this uh, DC news, uh, Ezra Miller revealed that Barry won't even be called Flash in the Justice League film. So he said, quote, <laughs> Barry is just Barry at this point, and there's even a scene that was cut from the movie where he is going on and on and trying to figure out who he should be and what he should call himself. So, yeah, he doesn't even have a superhero name yet. So he came up with a logo in a suit but doesn't know Lex his name? Lex Luthor came up with a logo. <laughs> Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. But he, yeah, he, uh, there's a flash of lightning on his fucking suit. And he, he, <laughs> what do they call? They go Bolt. Is, he, is, is, <laughs> is that one of the? Is that one of the names that he's uh, kicking around? Maybe Bolt. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I like it. <laughs> Ezra a Mil- Disney infringement, though, right? With yeah, the, with the uh, dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. What was the snail that Ryan Reynolds did? Who was that snail? Is that DreamWorks? Huh? I don't know. I have no idea. Ryan Reynolds did. He was a snail. Yeah, I did not prepare for any any Bolt questions before. Johnny Depp was Rango. I got you there. Rango. Yeah. Johnny Depp. (laughs) Who who was was, uh, Kevin Spacey pervy old guy? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Who was Osmosis Jones? Osmosis Jones. Chris Rock, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That was a good one. Yeah. Can we talk about Kevin Spacey some more? Yeah, what's your what's your favorite <laughs> Kevin Spacey movie? Louis Hey, Louis CK, they kicked him out of that uh that uh, that uh, that cartoon, that uh the the Secret Life of Pets 2. <laughs> Probably a good idea. We don't we, we don't need to know any more about his secret life. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> that needs its own movie, right? Holy shit. So he was going around showing Lady his dick, right? Not not even dick pics. He was just like, hey, check this shit out, right? And masturbating in front of them. Are you serious? That's what fucking yeah. that's what fucking chimpanzees what? do in the zoo. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Poor uh what's the girl that like uh hit girl, uh Chloe Moretz? Uh, Chloe Moretz Grace from the hit girl from the Kick ass? Yeah, cause, yeah, cause she was a big star in his movie that was supposed to come out, like it was supposed to premiere like oh, this fucking yeah, Friday yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah, that's right, that's right, and they, they stopped, they stopped that, and they put the kibosh on that. Jeez. So her, like, the last, you know, three months of work was all a big waste. Yeah. That's and, a shame. And she had to watch him jack off. <laughs> Not to mention the jack off session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The statement that he released was a little bit weird too. I mean, it almost read like, "Is that wrong? Should I should I not have done I that?" I thought if we're gonna get like that, I thought his statement was better. I mean, better than Kevin Spacey's. Not that that's yeah, oh oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna compare it to Kevin Spacey level, then yes, it was better than that. <laughs> yeah, Jake. 
Jake, talk Jake's, about talk about lucky lucky Louie. He really got lucky. Today. I like I like how I like how Jake's like the Simon Cowell and he's like judging them as far as like their responses to these sexual allegations. Well, I think I think I'm gonna go with Louis C.K.'s. Uh, I think he's the victor here. Yeah, if I'm gonna power rank um <laughs> the uh, responses to these allegations. Louis C.K. has a high a high ranking. Ah, new, uh, new, new segment on the show? Yeah, exactly. every week. Every week every we're, we're going to compare responses. I like it. I like it. We can just add a new one to the power ranking list every week. So, so far we just have Kevin Spacey right. and Louis C.K. Yeah. Spacey's at two, Louis C.K. at one. Right. <laughs> yeah, Stay I got, tuned next week. Who are we going to add next week? I don't know, but I'm going to I'm gonna have a bumper for it. So... <laughs> <laughs> make it a good one. Don't make it like the Star Wars bumper. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody that. No, fuck everybody that heard it and and didn't. You know. Fuck you. Um, that's the thing. It's like sure I was, liked it. It was never. It was never meant to replace the old one. I was just trying. I was just kind of try to spice it up a little bit and give you give you another option. And uh, I was never meant to replace. Fuck you. Fuck everybody. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, wait. It's a sore subject. Uh, yeah, it is. No, don't, bring, don't bring up the Star Wars bumper. And I'm getting sick of everybody saying, hey, when are you, you going to release it? You know, or, or is, what's the new hashtag? Free the bumper? You know, fuck you. I, I still have it. I, I, I had to search really thorough, but I, I actually just listened to it about two days ago. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Jake. Just as bad as I remember. Yeah, go to hell. Go to hell. Go to hell, you son of a bitch. I see why Shooty liked it too. It's very like shut up and musicy. Knock, knock it off. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want. You, I don't want you talking about. I don't, I don't want that coming out of your mouth. <laughs> this part, edit this part out. I, 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 I revile you, like. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm done with DC news. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm done. I got. I got. Right, no. Yeah. All right. Moving on. That was my plan all along. I'm like, if I keep talking about the Star Wars bumper, it just, yeah. it'll just devolve DC news. I don't know. I am gonna. I'm gonna say one more thing about DC. They've been wanting to do a Flash movie for years, and I found this interesting. I found this fact about this Flash film is they they've been wanting to do a Flash film since. Since 1991, after the success of Batman in 1989, John Peters and Peter Goober in 1991 were going to produce the film. Jeff Loeb wrote the script, and Michael J. Fox was considered for the role of Wally West or Barry Allen. I never knew that. Well, he can vibrate now. He, he can pull the part off. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Some Parkinson's humor from Eric Wade. Hell yeah! <laughs> I love I the third. Love I love the third hour of PCL. It's my favorite hour. <laughs> well, you know, I figure that like most people have stopped listening, so we can say whatever the hell we want to by the end of it. Hour three is where it becomes really magical. I, I, I want Michael J. Fox to open up like a smoothie stand. You know. <laughs> wow. 
Michael my... J. Fox hand spun smoothie. <laughs> I, 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 how about a milkshake stand? I think that's better. <sighs> yeah. Wait, wait, there was a gaming review podcast that was talking about how boring some segments were, and one of the lines he had in there was, "I'd rather watch Michael J. Fox play Jenga than watch through this segment again." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'd like to play Michael J. Fox Jenga for money and have, a, <laughs> and have a career of that. Just make that my career. I'd like to go on a uh, helicopter tour with Michael J. Fox as the pilot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's I don't know about that. You're, you're a fucking brave man. It's like, like <laughs> that curb your enthusiasm episode where, where he kept getting him a pop. <laughs> Just shake my pop up. Oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk about Curb for a second? I haven't yeah. watched the last episode. I have. But the episode where he doesn't want to talk to the guy that he spoke to once at the gate yeah. rolling his window down. Oh, that episode was so good. It was good. I still think that um, that the uh, disturbance in the kitchen was the best one. Did you Did you watch the one? Was that Which one was it with um, – the girl from the league, where she was the post office worker, and he was dating her for oh, a little bit. I've seen that one too. Yeah, was, and they go on the date. Yeah, it was decent. That's the same episode. It's the okay. rewind it back episode. Yeah, yeah. Because he rewinds it back with her, and then he tries to rewind it back with the uh, gate guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, I loved that episode. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. All right, let's uh, let's move on into some Star Wars news. <laughs> Where's the fucking bumper for Star Wars? Not yeah, not yeah. Now I hate. Now I even hate talking about the Star Wars bumper. <laughs> just bring it. Just bring it. It, it was great how you did. You didn't process what he said at first, and you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, ah, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for Star that was Wars. My favorite part too. Yeah, fuck, fuck both of you. <laughs> Yeah, fuck the bumper. No, here we go. Star Wars news. Hey, God! What are Misa saying? You're supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! All right, we got some huge news coming out of Lucasfilm this week. Uh, Ryan Johnson... Going to be developing a brand new trilogy. Here's the details from StarWars.com. Ryan Johnson, writer-director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, to create all-new Star Wars trilogy. Lucasfilm is excited to announce that Johnson will create a brand new Star Wars trilogy, the first of which he is also set to write and direct with longtime collaborator Ram Bergman on board to produce. Uh, as writer – what do you what do you got there? You got something about Ram? I just my favorite part about this whole story is how it makes all of us sound like a bunch of idiots, like talking about this kind of stuff in the last couple of weeks because we're like, oh, you know, I guess Ryan Johnson just wants to do his one Star Wars movie and then you know move on <laughs> to do his other thing. Yeah, as, uh, you know, I don't think we're idiots for that. I, 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 no, I don't think we're idiots. Yeah. It's not the wrong word, but just yeah. like you know, no, that's what, the kind of yeah. news if you listen to now, it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we weren't saying anything that anybody else wasn't thinking. So, no. you know, uh, more on the, more from the article. As writer-director of The Last Jedi, Johnson conceived and realized a powerful film of which Lucasfilm and Disney are immensely proud in shepherding this new trilogy, which is separate from the episodic Skywalker saga. Johnson will introduce new characters 
from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. Quote, we all loved working with Ryan on The Last Jedi, said Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. He's a creative force, and watching him craft The Last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. Ryan will do amazing things with the blank canvas of this new trilogy. I'm also thankful that I didn't have to fire anyone else. <laughs> it feels like, it's yes, like <laughs> we can work with this guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you, Ryan. Um, let's see here. But yeah, it's, uh, this is crazy. Yeah, Jake, you're absolutely right. Like, we were like, you know, why isn't Ryan Johnson coming back to, you know, it sounds like Kathleen Kennedy loved working with this guy. Why isn't he coming back to work on episode, uh, nine after, yes. after, you know, they, 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 they got rid of, uh, Colin Trevorrow, um, parted ways with him. It's because, he was doing this and they couldn't talk about it yet because I'm sure the contract hadn't been, you know, the, the ink hadn't dried on the contract. And now it's, and now we're finding out he's doing a whole new trilogy in a, in a, in a part of the Star Wars universe that's never been explored with all new characters. Yeah, this is such a bold move. This is exactly what they need to, need to do. They can't rely on just showing us something that's going to make us cheer from classic Star Wars movies forever. Like they really have to universe build here. And I think Ryan Johnson is a perfect person to pick to try to helm this, to to give us new stuff, and hopefully it pays off. Okay, so I want to see Star Wars thrive forever. Okay, here's the thing: um, are they are they abandoning the Skywalker story after Episode Nine, and then going forward with this new trilogy? Um, it, I, I I mean I I, I think that. Oh, man, and then are, are they going to do this new trilogy? And then in between those years, are we going to get like these Star Wars stories that we're getting? Like the, you know, like the, you know, like we're getting Han Solo next year, and we're getting like you know the the Obi Wan Kenobi film. Um, is this going to be the new trilogy that they're working for, working towards? And or or could Disney be doing two films a year for Star Wars now? In- I, I love the idea of the break, Brian. I, I love it. I love it. I hope I agree. this is I just totally the main agree. Ryan Johnson's new thing. I would in a perfect world for Jake would be just the trilogy that we had. And we don't do any more Skywalker stuff until after that's over. Okay. So we have the allure of that coming back again. And like episode 10 feeling like a giant fucking event. Cause we just waited six, seven years for it. Okay. And th- now, now we're coming back to, Ray, Poe, and you know, possibly who knows what what Kylo? If you know, is he still around? You know, Finn, is he still around? What's going on? What are you thinking, Eric? Yeah, I I totally echo Jake's uh, sentiments. I, I think that that a break would be a great thing. Um, it gives you a time. It it does. It would make Episode Ten an event and. Uh, an event among ten billion or one billion dollar movies. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. So uh, you take some time away. It gives me a lot more confidence. Not that I didn't have any, but it makes me feel better about Episode Eight even more now. I mean, if they're if if they saw what he did, and they're willing to give him the keys to a trilogy, I mean, that must say something about how they feel about the work he's done. Mm-hmm. One so, word: porgs. <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> other than porgs i'm sure it's going to be wonderful i, I yeah i mean he, 
they basically like the sky's the limit when when you make an announcement like this that it's going to be the Star Wars universe in a corner of the galaxy that we've never been to before with all new characters. Guys, like this could be literally anything, you know, literally anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see Darth Revan. I, I want to see. Uh, I'd love to see him explore some of the ancient. Old Republic, and I'd love to see that. Yeah, where does this Boo, take place? I want all new concepts and creations, and no nothing leaning on a previously established concept. I'm with you, Jake. Star Wars can't live forever. Yeah, I'm with you. So, I mean, that's the way it has to be, and Ryan Johnson's a creative force that can do that kind of thing. If it's just constantly uh, we're relying on – to go back to uh, – I love the Revan stuff too, but I think there's a better avenue to explore that. And you're not going to make everybody happy with that either, right? I mean, the whole true, yeah. The whole reason we destroyed Canon was so we didn't have to have all yeah, that but, baggage. Yeah, but just just because you destroyed Canon doesn't mean you can't pull pieces from that Canon. You know, I, I they've been I, doing I'm not that. You you tell those stories as they were told, but something you know, and it, heck, it doesn't have to be Darth Revan, but. I, I'm just saying there's so much material out there. I never thought when they said it's all gone. I mean, we saw th- ex- what I expected was something like Thrawn and Rebels. That's kind of where I always expected that to go is we may pull some pieces from the old canon and use them in completely different or new ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want all new concepts and all new ideas. Like, I want something that can rival the Jedi, a new power, a new something, you know? Sure, just, sure. I don't know. I, and I think the the Old Republic stuff, we need to do it, and I'm excited for when they they do do it. But I think that works better on the episodic TV level, honestly, than these big blockbuster movies where you could really – because there's a lot of politics involved in those storylines and a lot of, you know, exposition. And I think that would be more suited for the TV side of things. So I don't know. I think the reason they got Ryan Johnson to do this was so they could make Star Wars movies forever, and that's not to have him do Stormtroopers and R two D two again for three movies. Like he's he's got to do brand new shit. Yeah, but like completely brand new shit. Yeah, are they? I mean, are we going to have like are we going to have any like droids that we're following throughout this new trilogy, or is this just going to be? I don't know, man. I don't know who who who, what character are we going to follow? I can't wait to find out like what they're going to do. Yeah, there's so much mystique here. I'm very excited. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see what he does. And, I mean, if they announce that he's going to do stuff like Darth Revan or Knights of the Old Republic stuff, I mean, that w- I would not shit on it and say I'm not watching that that garbage. But I feel like that something more is going to happen here. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, like, this is going to be, like, one of the first, like, Star Wars movies where they're not, like, relying on old Ralph McQuarrie art for, like, designs. Like, you know, like, we're, I don't think we're going to get any – we're not going to get any X-Wings. We're not getting any TIE Fighters. I, I don't think we're going to get any of the, you know, the the Empire or the Resistance or, you know, any of that stuff, you know. I, it's just all going to be all new characters dealing with all new things. No Jedi. No, I, I, Who knows what we're going to get? It's crazy. The, all new planets in a corner of the galaxy. That, that This is a huge universe. Who knows where they're going to take us, where Ryan's going to take us. It could be it could be anything. Yeah, it's going to be coming quick too, right? Like this is they're are they talking this will be right after episode nine. You would think. I mean, he's not working on this. Not he's no well, he he's not working on the la, on the on the final film. So you think that he's got to be working on this now? He's got to be writing this now. 
So Yeah, so they could be ready to pump this out right. either a year or two years max after episode nine. How long have they had this plan, Jake? Because like think about this, because like we were we we had we had heard like Ryan Johnson originally was gonna be writing episodes eight and nine, and then come to find out like that's not the case. That Colin Trevorrow and um I can't remember the name of the writer that he would was working with at the time we're working on that script. So like has has this deal been in place for a while? I would I would cut off my pinky finger to be able to see the pitch that Ryan Johnson gave to Kathleen Kennedy on this trilogy. That his grand concept and ideas because I'm sure that has to have happened, you know? Like I don't know, maybe they approached him and said like what what I like we loved what you did here. What other ideas do you have? What what can you bring to the Star Wars universe and like mm. you know? Yeah, either way, I'd really like to see, like, for the, for them to give him the keys like this, like, that he already, I feel like a lot has to be in place, at least as, like, the tone and the idea that he has. I, I feel like they're basically letting him be kind of like his own little George Lucas now and say, all right, this little corner of the Star Wars universe is all you. You get to build it. Yeah. What do you want to do? Oof, three movies right off the bat, too, without, like, you know, not even having... Like the first one could fall flat on its face. I I think I think they're one hundred percent. This this move proves that they're one hundred percent confident with this next film. Oh, I I a hundred percent agree with that statement. Oh, I know. They're I'm just I'm talking to yeah. our audience too, and just like like yeah. you know, clarifying that. But I think I think I think Eric Eric's like fuck both of you guys. I want my Revan. <laughs> no, I just want a good film. I don't care. I, I'd i love to see a Revan story done. I don't really care that this is it or not. I I, I just want a good uh, – continue what you're doing and put out good films. We'll always have Kotar. Don't worry. I think it's going to be all – Kotar again. It's all going to be – it's all going to be pod racing. It's going to be a pod racing trilogy, <laughs> right? Oh, man. I just got a fucking hard on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to get all Kevin Spacey on it. Yeah, I can listen to you and Matt Kirby break down every movie for the next six years. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm saying that's how long it would take for you guys to break them down. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Man, man. fucking Joe Vitale was giving Matt Kirby some shit about that, about how long it's (laughs) taken you guys to break down Phantom Menace. I I like the slow approach. I think there's a lot to unpack. Me too, me too. That's the whole point of it. I honestly don't care. I won't take any heat for that. The longer it takes, the better. Yeah. I keep uh, telling myself, I, you have to draw it out because after this is episode two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. <laughs> uh, episode two will be like half an episode, then they'll get started on three. Yeah, that's the joke that I'll be the one that wants to yada yada past everything when we get to episode two. So are, are both of you in agreement or, or not? I want to know. Uh, Jake, are they going back to the Skywalker saga after this trilogy? Um, yes, or I, I don't know. I, I definitely, this is not the end of the Skywalker trilogy. How, how it will be presented moving forward, I'm not 100% sure of yet, though. Okay. Eric. Yeah, I, I agree I, with I, that. I, are, are you guys over the Skywalker trilogy, or do you want it to come back? No. No, I'm not over it at all. Neither am I. No, I'm, neither am I, but I, I, all, what I do know is, is that, Jake hit the nail on the head. You take a break. Give us, don't talk. Don't you don't mention the word Skywalker once for like seven years. Yeah, you bring that back that movie, and we'll all be like, "Oh my god, yeah. it's the Skywalkers again!" You know, some of, like you know, I loved. 
you know, like in the extended universe, like the legacy stories, like where, where they jump ahead, like generations in the Skywalker family. I love I like that. that a lot too. It was, yeah, I, was, I love that shit. So I, on this podcast, when we first started talking about, I really, um, did not like the idea of bringing back all the old actors at first in these new movies. Oh, I know. I was the only one and, who liked that idea. And I, um, and I mean, I, I eat crow on it now. I love it, but I mean, I still stand by. I do would really like to see just a jump, like a hundred years past what we've seen, rather than all this prequel stuff. You know, well, yeah, and I think that yeah. really opens up the door to kind of do whatever you want if yeah. you make a big enough jump forward and still keep it very Star Wars. Yeah, but like I've kind of fallen in love with the character of like you know Ray and Finn and Poe so quickly. Oh, me too. Me that, too. That, I've eaten yeah. crow on all that. They yeah. they proved me wrong. Like I, I fucking love it. I ate it up what they gave me like fucking cake. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I still I still would like and that's what makes me excited with this Ryan Johnson stuff cuz right. I could be getting the best of both worlds, you know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh the, the there's a new TV spot. We got to see uh some more uh the last Jedi footage. And uh some of the stuff that they showed was Luke back on the Falcon. Uh we got to see Snoke's like the full view of Snoke's red throne room. Um, yeah, this was kind of one of the first times in any of these spots we ever got to see the Praetorian Guard really yeah. full on too, right? Yeah, and in, 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 in kind of like in live action, like we've all seen like the figures and, you know, before that we saw the concept art and stuff like that. But, you know, like the figures are on the shelves now, but like here they are in Snoke's throne room. We got to see in this trailer Finn piloting one of the ski speeders during the Battle of Crait. And then that was cool. the trailer ends with a scene that alludes to Ray actually going against Luke at one point in the film. And I still think that this is trailer trickery. Yeah, that was a hot commercial spot. It was real there was a lot of new stuff there and yes. what and the new stuff was really juicy. Yes. So um really cool. Can't I mean we're less than God, we're less than sixty days away from The Last Jedi. Wow. So close. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest questions looming around Star Wars is, will Luke go evil in the films? I- I've refuted this time and time and time again. I've heard people say Luke could go evil. Um, and I- I Go back and listen to like all of our older episodes. I- I've said everything good that has ever happened to Luke in his life has been because of the decisions of not going to the dark side. You know, like I, I, I understand, you know, that, that of course was like when Lucas was in, cr- in control of this universe, you know, and, and when he was in control of like the force, but now Disney is at the helm and, you know, we've seen Luke lose his nephew to the dark side after, you know, teaching the light side to Kylo. So the question is like, will Luke go to the dark side? So I've always thought it made like zero sense to me for him to go to the dark side. Um, you, you agree with me, Eric. Okay, cool. I, I absolutely agree. I, 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 it would be very hard for me to get over. It's just so not what Luke Skywalker and Star Wars is. I mean, it would, it would shake me to my core. It would yeah. shake me like Kevin Spacey touching me that much. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Kevin Spacey touching Eric Wade's naughty bits. That came out. Um, 
No, but I, like I, I know that they've done it in in novels and things like that. It's just like you like know, the, Dark Empire. Did yes, that. the light side gave Luke his relationship with his sister. It brought his father back, you know, from the dark side and gave him kind of you know gave him peace and closure about his own father and, and that relationship. And so, like you know, I. And, and and he's seeing what it's done with his nephew, so I don't think that like Luke is like chomping at the bit to go down the same path, that dark path that he saw his father come back from. Um, and and like the the whole thing about like uh, for him to join the dark side would be almost for like him to join up with like Snoke and Kylo. And at the beginning of the the, uh, the opening crawl in the last movie was was uh, Snoke wants to kill Luke, the last Jedi, you know. So I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So Hamill sat down with Disney Insider, and he had this to say about Luke going dark side. In Star Wars The Force Awakens, Luke has lost confidence in his ability to make good choices. It haunts him to the core, but he hasn't gone to the dark side. This isn't an evil version of him, but it's still an incarnation of the character I never expected. It has pulled me out of my comfort zone. It's a real challenge. So from this quote, we know at least by the time we see him in this film, he's not evil. I, uh, you know, so if he goes evil, I don't know. I, I think Luke's past that point. I, I think if a character could still be turned evil in this in this new trilogy, that character would be Ray. Um, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I but you know like people are saying like oh this is such like people might say like this is a missed opportunity because Mark Hamill does such a great joker when he plays the joker like you know they 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 aren't just going to throw that away and like waste his talents there you know he he's got that sinister side that he can pull off why not why not portray that i i think i think that they can they can make him a haunted character but just do it differently he doesn't have to go to the dark side i think he, I, I don't know am i making sense here yeah i, I think he's going to be a disillusioned character is more of what's going to happen here that he's just over all of it that he doesn't believe any of yeah. it anymore it's going to be more of a sad portrayal right than an evil portrayal they keep focusing on those books inside that forest tree right like he's learned something right mm-hmm mm-hmm well, and that's even someplace if you want if you take Jake's idea of leaping ahead, that could be you know what you do right now with Luke and Ray could be the the foundation for the Great Jedi's. Then you leap ahead and see what becomes of them down the road. I mean, right. that would love something like that. As yeah, well. they've kind of tested the waters with the Great Jedi, with like the Bendu and Rebels and stuff like that. So. And with, right. with with Ahsoka, right? So yeah, you know they've kind of like like spoon fed Star Wars fans a little bit of that in that series. Are you watching Rebels this season so far? I haven't jumped into the new season yet. Eric. I am. I'm. Uh, I think I'm one episode behind. Maybe. Are you enjoying it this season? Or or yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, it's 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 good. It's yeah. it's not. I know some people have been posting that you know it's blowing their minds and stuff and. It's not there for me, but I, it also hasn't been there for me at almost any point for the most part. They've got some really good episodes here and there, but mostly it's a good show for me, but not something that I'm just, you know, it's not the first thing on my DVR watch every week. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I haven't watched a, an episode yet this season, so I'll, I'll get caught off. I, you know, there are times where I watch it week to week 
and uh, you know there have been times where I've watched it week to week, and then there's been times where I've binged it. So, but I always get around to it. Um, you just have it on the old DVR. It's on the DVR right now. Yeah, I, there's so, so many other things that I've been watching. Like I've been watching, keeping up with like Supergirl week to week. I've been catching up on the Orville. I've been watching Flash week to week. Um, I've been trying to binge League, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Because I'm not caught up with that. I think I've only watched the first two episodes of that. So, I mean, there's like all these new shows that are coming out that I'm like, I'm trying. So I'm trying to figure out like what's going to be my rotation. So, you know, I tried that No Activity. I, I tried that show Ghosted. And it's like all these new shows coming out, like I'm fitting those in. And some of the other shows that I know I'm going to get back to are on the back burner right now. So, Are you, are you watching The Gifted? No, I dropped off after the first episode. Are you watching it still? Yeah, it's fantastic. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Hmm. We 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 t- we've been talking about this every week on the Supercast. No it's shit. great. It's a great show. Wow. It's it it really snuck up on us as being fantastic. So they've got really good acting. I won't spoil anything, but there's some really good moments that they're come up coming up with. So okay. it's got a very Logan kind of feel to it at the moment. Okay. I will. It's, uh, I mean, I've got all the episodes on my DVR and they're also on Hulu. So I will, I will watch it. I will, I will get back to you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Some of the, so, hold on back to the Orville. I know we're in star Wars news. Back to the, some of the, some of the cameos, some of the cameos on this show, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you know who's on the latest episode? Who? Rob Lowe. Are you shitting me? No, I'm not kidding you. He's <laughs> the blue guy that that screwed that's that, uh, that screwed. Uh, what's her name? Oh my god, the Adrian what? Palicki in the first episode. Yes, Adrian Palicki. Yeah, yeah. So, so they open very oh. funny to it and introduce him why he's there and oh where it goes, god. and it's it's. It's an excellent episode. It's too- and it, I, it took me a minute. I'm like, I got that look. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Rob Lowe. I oh know my- that's Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, it's too bad that they're going to have to pull the Kevin Spacey episode, right? I'm fucking okay? with you. <laughs> oh, they're not going to pull it? Oh, thank God. I doubt um, McFarlane would have worked. He knew already. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, it's like like uh, Le- the Liam Neeson cameo blew me away. I yeah, could, like yeah. out of nowhere, and then um, you know Charlize Theron made sense because they did a million ways to die in the West, but it was still cool seeing her for a whole episode. Um, yeah, and, and she was really good. I I um, really cool to see like her and Adrian Palicki on the screen at the same time because I I think of both of those uh, actresses as like really strong female. Um, characters and like a lot of the stuff that they portray. So, right. It was, yeah, I, I yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. You know, you had Furiosa and like Adrian Palicki, who was like an assassin in John Wick, and like they're on in the same show. And I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. And I'm so happy for Adrian Palicki that, that she's on a show that I, that got renewed for a second season. It got renewed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause like after the whole Wonder Woman thing and like, I don't know, she, you know, she just, she's had some bad luck after Friday Night Lights. So, you know, that whole cast other than, uh, other than what's his name, the Kyle uh, Chandler, yeah, Kyle Chandler's done well, but God, a lot of them have had. I mean, what's his name had uh, Taylor John, Kitsch. 
John Connor from Mars. Yeah, yeah. Mar- <laughs> no, it was just called John Carter. <laughs> John Carter, that's right. Yeah, it's a like the, the it's based on the book John Carter from Mars or whatever. Right. And right. but you know, Michael B. Jordan went on to do really well. Oh shit. Yeah. I completely forgot he was on there. Uh, he didn't join until like the third or fourth season of Friday Night Lights, but he's gone on to do some fantastic yeah, shit. Yeah, he, he's, he's done okay. Other than Fantastic Four. He's done one or two <laughs> good movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Fruitvale Station, Creed. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, upcoming Black Panther is probably going to be amazing. So he, He's done all right. Hey, he's done all he's right. He's only made so. a couple bad choices, yeah. so he's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, fucking Orville, man. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off this episode tonight and watch that latest episode. You need to watch it. It's yeah. a really good one. I was, I've been watching SNL all day. I've been ca- catching up on all the Saturday Night Live today. Was there yeah. a new one last night? Uh, if there was, I don't know. If I, I, I've been going. I, I finished the, uh, the Kamel Nanjiani episode, the Gal Gadot. I'm on the, I'm on the Ryan Gosling one. I'm actually on the, I'm not even going in order, but I'm on the Ryan Gosling one right now. So. Oh, that's funny. Ryan Gosling like breaks every fucking sketch that episode. He, uh, what was the one where, uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon's in his butt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're playing, they're playing, uh, alien ufo abductees and uh kate mckinnon kate mckinnon is using him for a demonstration on like some of like the uh what what the aliens were doing to her while she was abducted and she's like fucking around with ryan gosling's ass it's hilarious (laughs) and ryan gosling is just cracking up it's so funny yeah, he breaks really bad. He yeah. breaks in like almost every sketch that episode, though. It's crazy. Uh, Larry David was breaking. Uh, in <laughs> no, this it's, it's such so painful watching him try to finish that sketch. <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> it was uh, funny. All right, all right. Yeah, back to sorry guys. Got yeah, I gotta, thought we were done. <laughs> I thought this was the wrap up segment. I think we are done. Uh, the, well, <laughs> I, I want to. I just want to end with a Mark Hamill quote. He was talking to Disney Insider again about like what luke's been up to for the past 30 years is since um you know return of the jedi and in between the force awakens and he said the biggest challenge for me was actually in the time between return of the jedi and star wars the force awakens i had to know what had happened to luke during those years i had to glean decades of backstory from the script and some of it i had to make up for myself i had to know what he went through during that time it's not important to the storyline for this film but I did discuss some of my thoughts with Ryan Johnson to make sure I wasn't coming up with anything in my personal backstory that would affect Luke's portrayal in this film. So um, I, I just think it, I think it's he, he can't say anything about like what Luke did in between because he's really not at liberty to say because like those are years in between. Those are stories that Lucasfilm and Disney haven't told yet except for like in Bloodline. And I think this could either be a movie or it could be a novel or a book or comic book or something like that. That, I mean, he really has to be careful about what he says about those years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I th- that does make sense. He's, he's such a professional to want to clear his own made up backstory with yeah. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I can't wait to just see this fucking movie and know what all this stuff that because Mark Hamill's just been so cryptic for like the last three years about all this. And, and but then he'll like come out with something. Um, he'll, he'll give you some news, but you don't know if he's telling the truth or not, right? Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to put all this to rest. Right. Yeah. <sighs> 
You think he's fucking those porgs? Um, no, I think he's more likely just eating them. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. We're done. We're done. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what's filmed? Uh, guess what starts filming tomorrow? What's that? Uh, Daredevil season three. Oh, that's awesome. Guess who's coming back? Fucking uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is the kingpin. So, oh, that's good. That's they good need show. that. Yeah, they do need that. But uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us, man. Guys, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, a joy. Not like Kevin Spacey kind of pleasure, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh man, I think we have uh, we, we've uh, we beat that horse. Yeah, we beat that horse, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> we beat the shit out of that. Oh horse. man. Anyway, all right. Next oh, week man. is Justice League. Yeah, wow. That fucking steaming pile. That's going to be fun. <laughs> i got to figure out when I'm going to see that because I'll be in Austin. So I don't know if we'll see it while we're down there, maybe in the morning. I don't know. Uh, dude, does Austin have a uh, Alamo draft house? I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. Dude, I think, they, I think that's like the home of the Alamo draft house. you got to go see it there, right? Oh, I would love to. Oh, my yeah, God. That would be amazing. To. It just depends on what what we, we – you know, we, what our – we were just looking at the schedule for what everything going on at Comic Con, so yeah, I'm yeah. debating on that forty five dollar Lonnie Anderson signature or not. How much is it? Forty five bucks is what she's getting for Lonnie oh, Anderson. Pay for that, Lonnie Anderson. Yep. Oh wow. From WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. And, bite, yeah. bite that bullet. Pay the forty five. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to be a bullet I'm biting. <laughs> exactly. That's why you should do it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Eric, yeah, thanks again for joining us, man. I had a lot of fun having you on the show. I know we had you on 200, but it was just like a little taste. And, uh, yeah, we we'll definitely have to have you back, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I agree. I approve. <laughs> All right. And uh, that's I'm sure that that sits well with you, doesn't it, Eric? That uh, <laughs> warms the cockles of your heart. Cockles. cockles. How far Jake and I have come. Yeah, you guys have come far. <laughs> it is true. It is true. I used to hate you more than anybody. Oh, I loved you. I loved you for that. Oh, man. You used to, you used to fucking uh, semi-troll the shit out of Jake, and I loved you for it, man. You, you, now you, he trolls you way more. I know. It's, I do. The That's tables true. have turned. That's true. <laughs> all right, but guys. You and I seem to make, like, targets for each other all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Now, all right, guys, and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you back next week when we unite the seven. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to be seven people on the podcast, though, right? No. Now. no. Oh, no. you totally have someone representing each character. Oh, God. Oh, I got oh, nibs yeah. on the trucker Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My man. My man. Oh man, I can't wait to hear what, what my other four lines are gonna be. Hell yeah, motherfucker. That'd be that's what they need to do. <laughs> they need to make Justice League rated R so we can get a motherfucker out of Aquaman, right? That would be amazing. Yeah. Alright guys, we'll see you next week with Justice League. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers, sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.